Man the Hearts. The James Whale Show on Talk Radio. Man Sue, uh, from the University of Leeds. Give my, uh, love to the University of Leeds. Thank you very much indeed. My <laughs> love to the University I always, of Leeds. I always like to, uh, I have fond it's memories of, of University of So go up of to Leeds. the building tomorrow, so j- shout, James Whale sends his love. At, oh. at the campus. Sail the kids. Oh. Yeah. I Is remember it Justin Bieber? Just across the road from the University of Leeds, uh, after I finished my radio show in Leeds every night, I would go to the all-night Indian restaurant. Louis was there, Curry House. There weren't Indian restaurants in, in this country back then. And he would get his taste buds too. Yeah, there was, was fish and chips or nothing. Right, yeah. we're going out and you're going to nibble my ears and see if it relaxes me, mm. okay? I could just do it here. We don't need to go out. What, in front of Ian? It's, it would oh, put him off his ear. He can nibble before. one ear and I'll tickle yeah. the other ear yeah. with yeah. my ding dong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you noticed he's had his hair cut? Yes. Uh, yeah. You're very smart. You know, and yeah, the yeah. hair on my ding dong. Are, yeah. are you thinking of joining the army or it's a sort of very militaristic... I'm on a top secret mission and I'm not allowed to provide any information about it, but, but, but stay tuned. <coughs> if you stay tuned, I'm going to be might Boris Johnson's out. new political and security advisor. We all are. We're all going there, yeah. Except for yeah. James. <laughs> We're well, all there. Yeah. You know, he's asked me to be his military advisor. As you know, yeah. Boris and I were going to shoot yeah. bows and arrows. And yeah. Ash, of course, uh, did a radio show with Boris a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, we're great yeah, mates. I listen to yeah, every day. Great mates, yeah. Yeah. In the meantime, uh, stand by for Ian Lee. Across the UK, online and on DAB. The wild man of late night radio, Ian Lee. Differently interesting nocturnal emissions from a legend of late night radio. On air and off the leak. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Sork Radio. Oh, dear listener, OC 
344-499-1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. You'd be very, very welcome, Stuart, whenever you want to come in and fix that camera so it's Go on Kelly Catherine. <laughs> Shut up, Wix. That would be awesome. 344 is the telephone number. This is The Late Night Alternative. I'm Ian Lee. Who are you? I'm Catherine Boyle. And we are joined by Bill Al-Zafar. Good evening. Evening. You're in, you're in darkness, man. I feel like we're, um, mm. we're letting you down slightly here. It's in darkness. Can I just check? Am I really quiet? Yes, you are. Make it, make it work. There we go. There we go. Thank you, guys. Golly, golly gosh. One day. One day. Um, Bill Al, you're a comedian. Yeah. I invited you in because I liked your humble mm-hmm. picture on Twitter. How uh, is a picture humble? Look at his uh, Twitter picture. It's, it's humble. I was aware, I'm aware of you. I'm aware of you. <laughs> okay. And then you pop, now I saw you were following me on Twitter, and as mm-hmm. I often do with people, and some people might find this creepy, what I do is I went and had a little click on your bio. I'm mm-hmm. gonna check this. I'm gonna check this guy out. I'm gonna see what's going on with this guy, and just the picture. Can you just have you got his picture there? Yeah, it's yeah. humble, isn't it? Yeah, he's a nice guy. He's, he's sort of smiling. He's letting someone else have the funny. I think at this point, he's mm. smiling but not arrogantly. And if nice. I remember correctly, he's sort of looking up. Yeah, like angelic, that, cherubic. Which is nice. Uh, what? Cherubic. If you can be cherubic with a beard. I don't know that word. Cherub. I would say cherubic. No. As, as cherubic as in like a cherub, you know the little oh. kind of fat naked babies mm-hmm. that fly. Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes blow and sometimes blow the wind on the old maps. Fat naked flying babies. That oh, with a beard, three, but four, not four, fat. Four. Yeah, they are. Yeah, but no, um, rosy cheeked. Right, I'm gonna do this. Huh? Here we go. Did you say something? Yes. Hello. Is it this camera? I don't know if it's this zip, camera. Zip, zip. Is it this camera? It's, th- that, it's this. There we go. What's mm. going on there? Oh. This is, this is just mayhem. Just keep talking, Catherine. You need yes. to talk to activate this. I am talking to activate this. Anyway, um, it's a nice picture. I don't know what you're getting at with. Stuart, uh, stop <laughs> waving your hands. I can't hear you. Could you fix the camera, please? Oh, it's... It's broken. Well, how come I can see her on the screen if I move one of the cameras? I can't hear, I can't hear you, I'm in a semi-soundproof booth. <laughs> Catherine. Yes. One of these is, is working, yeah. right? So don't give me this bollocks, it's this one, the one I was on. Thank you. Dear God, Stuart, go home. I'm driving the show from now on. My word. Bilal. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. <laughs> one, man, man, one day we'll get we'll get someone working on the show for more than once, and we'll know what's going on. So you are a comedian. Yeah. Why the hell aren't you in Edinburgh at the festival? I'm having a year off. I've done three in a row. <laughs> and it's three years. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's well, you were saying that. So I, I did it like mm. twenty years ago, man. Mm. It's it's expensive. And yeah. they haven't they just messed? They haven't they just put it up the rents up and everything? Something's happened with the council and or something, and now rent is more expensive than it used to be. Um, yeah. Catherine, this is not just someone who goes to Edinburgh, this is 2016's best newcomer. Uh-huh. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nominee. Sorry, I should say. Oh, oh yow. I, I don't mind. Sometimes people get it wrong on stuff, and I don't correct You them. don't correct No, that's, don't. Why would you? Okay. Corrected me, though. And just in case those were wondering if this was going to be the Pakistan military gentleman, Bilal Zafar, I'm afraid it's not. I, yeah. I, I, he's, he's, a, he's a tough guy. Yeah, I think he's <coughs> some sort of war hero who was fighting the Taliban. Wow. And I think he was killed. And he pops up in my 
what's it called when Google emails you? Google Alerts. Have you got Google Alerts for oh, you? Oh, yeah. It's, um, I did for a long time, then I stopped. Yeah. And then I started again, because mm -hmm. it's not quite as cutting. But do you get, you get nice stuff coming through, or? Yeah, it's just random little bits. It's mainly, there's a guy now, I guess it's quite a popular name in Pakistan. There's a, a guy who, I think he's head of the police or something in Pakistan. So I just keep getting emails about it, the amount of people they've arrested. Wow. In a month. It's weird that that's an article. But uh, so are your, are, your, are your family at yeah. some point grandparents from Pakistan? Yeah, my parents are from Pakistan. But whereabouts in Pakistan? Uh, near Rawalpindi. I don't know where. I've only I went. I've only been to Karachi and Lahore. Mm -hmm. uh, have you ever been? I've only been a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. It's hot, man. Yeah. It's too hot. I, I think it was like nearly fifty degrees one day when I was there. When I was there, we were only there at like March to May, so it's before it got really hot. Mm -hmm. But you'd be stood there at seven in the morning, just stood there. Mm -hmm. and sweat was just coming down. And you think, my God, this is seven o'clock in the morning. What is it going to be like at two o'clock in the afternoon? Yeah, it's uh, that. I, I love Pakistan. I want to go back again <laughs> when it feels a little bit safer. Maybe I, it feels a little bit. Feels a little bit bubbly at the moment shall we say <laughs> it was like a little bit of a bubbly country but i but i loved it there uh, and the food is incredible and the people are amazing but the heat man that's mm -hmm. uh that's just outrageous um well it's nice to have you here thanks for having me why did you follow me on twitter if i may ask i can't remember i've known about you f i think forever because i've got two older brothers yeah so they were teenagers when i was little wow. so i kind of know a lot of comedy stuff from the olden days from when i was well yeah but good stuff <laughs> <laughs> nice recovery I, <laughs> no but it is uh it's all good isn't it from that time it's all good well it's a, it doesn't some of it doesn't quite stand up so well no but days. in my opinion that was the best the best stuff came from and i saw um I read somewhere, probably on your website, I think maybe Chris Morris. Big mm -hmm. fan of Chris. Uh, oh yeah, Chris yeah. Morris. I liked his radio show a lot. <coughs> Remember the sketch show he yeah, had, Blue Jam. Jam. Blue Jam. Blue That's Jam. what kind of made me feel like I'd like to try comedy. That was on Radio One as well, <laughs> yeah. wasn't it? That was nuts, like a surreal, psychedelic. It was. I mean, it was beautiful. I remember we'd all pass bootleg tapes of it around mm -hmm. in college and stuff. But that was on Radio One. Mm -hmm. Imagine Scott Mills doing something like that. I mean, someone else's idea, so there's a chance that he might do. But um, so that was what made you want to get into comedy, was it? Yeah, I, I listened to that. I think when I was like 15 or something, yeah. I got hot because you know, there's Chris Morris is a huge cult thing online, especially yeah. you know. Um, and then I thought, oh, I, I just, I'd love to write comedy. That was like my dream to yeah. write comedy and be like. Armando Iannucci or whoever. So I went to uni to do script writing and stuff. And then I realised this isn't a thing you can just get a job in at yeah. all. And then I just tried stand-up at uni one day and I've, li I've kept doing it for uh, five years? Almost six years, I think. How you, I did stand-up for a while, but mm -hmm. stand-up for me was always a means to an end. I, di I, I didn't really want to be... I wanted to be an actor. We talked about acting before we came in. I wanted mm -hmm. to be an actor, but I couldn't get any acting work and I'd done a bit of stand-up as part of the college course. So I did stand-up because it was a way to get on stage and mm -hmm. a way to perform and... Uh, did you enjoy stuff. it? Oh, did I enjoy it? Do you know what? I look back on the 22, 23 year old kid that I was doing it. I can't believe I did it. Because my routine wasn't very, my routine was very poor. There was loads of stolen stuff in it and it was really poor. And, and the nights that it worked 
were the nights where I just would just kind of go wild on the stage yeah. and just let the spirits guide me and it would go wherever. But I didn't have the confidence to do that every night. So, mm-hmm. like, maybe two in ten would be majestic. Mm-hmm. I don't forget, I did one gig at a university. I was the opening spot. I think it was tw- 20, maybe it was 10 minutes spot. I don't know. And, um, and my set was 10 minutes long if people laughed. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> And it was just silence. And I think maybe it was a 20 minute slot actually. And, and, and it was 15 minutes if people laughed. And I thought, well, maybe mm-hmm. I can fudge the other five minutes. And I did it all in six minutes because it was just met with silence. Wow. And I just walked off and it was so short that the compare wasn't there. The compare was upstairs having a drink. And I walked off and no one came on. So I walked <laughs> off to silence. Oh. No one came on. I walked out <laughs> the hall in silence. I went up to the green room and the guy went, Oh shit! And he ran <laughs> down, and I didn't. I didn't collect my my money. I, I just oh. got in the car and I just went home and thought, oh man. So the, the the fact that I'm telling you those stories means no, I probably <laughs> didn't enjoy it. I had great moments. Yeah, I met some really good friends. Um, I'm, I'm probably doing this as a direct result of everything I learned while I was doing that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't enjoy it. The, the, it's it's a real lonesome warrior thing standing there on your own with a microphone for 20 minutes or an hour or whatever mm-hmm. it is you're doing that's but when it goes well it's like the best thing ever it's magic yeah like it really is and i do a lot of i end up kind of improvising i was just in the isle of wight for a few nights doing some gigs and one of them was i was doing an hour like a work in progressy thing just random bits yeah and a lot of it ended up being improvising and it was so fun You've got to have the balls. You've got to have the confidence. You've got to have the confidence to be able to go with it. And I didn't. I, I, I mean, I did stand up for not long, two or three years, and yeah. I didn't have the confidence. I think what me and Kath do now is sort of the equivalent of improvising. Mm-hmm. You know, these are my notes. This is my notes for the show. I'm mean, yeah. holding up an almost blank, huge piece of paper. Um, and this is, you know, is kind of improvising. And if we get a call, we've got Alan in a minute. We'll come to you in a second now. Um, you know, if we get a call that takes us off on a tangent, then we'll, you know, then we'll mm-hmm. improvise and, uh, uh, and stuff. But you, you, you enjoy it. Yeah. It's really fun. When it, yeah. When it works. Yeah, exactly. Worst gig? Uh, let me think. I've done some, I think the worst ones for me now is if you're doing an hour and then not enjoying it. Yeah. Swindon. Swindon Art Centre. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there was one there where it just felt like they hated me from the start. And it was weird because they'd all paid to see it was a tour show. Racist. That's my last year. Pro- maybe. They were racist, very racist. Um, in but that's the thing. I got a thing in my head. I started thinking that, because it was a totally white audience. Yeah. I started thinking maybe if it's all white people, it doesn't go that well. But then, a couple of weeks later, I did uh, the uh, pool lighthouse i think it's called near wow. Dor- in dorset okay. yeah, near yeah. Dorset, and it was all white people there and it yeah. was like one of my best yeah. shows ever yeah so you can never really sometimes it just goes that way swindon mm-hmm. art center is a strange old that's where we saw xtc play yeah the weird oh. one is when the audience seems quite uh restrained or that they're not enjoying themselves and afterwards they're all lo- they're all coming up saying they loved it i could never yeah, work that weird. one out you think are you are you all just being nice mm. or Am I reading the room completely wrong? I know? think it's when it's like an art centre where they're used to seeing theatre. Yeah. And they're being respectful. Yeah. And really quiet and then you feel horrible mm-hmm. and they all want a photo with you and stuff and to sign their tickets. That's a weird <laughs> one, but yeah. Well, it would be weird for you because you're a young man. What are you, 26, 27? 27. 27, right. And me and Kath are old. <laughs> and of course when we were 
young, 50, you know, 10, 15, 20, whatever, signing was the thing, because it wasn't selfies, you didn't have, no one had phones with, no one had phones, you didn't carry a camera around with you, mm-hmm. so it was getting something signed, we had to sign something at the weekend, we did a show in Belfast, I think we signed two things, and it feels such an old-fashioned yeah. concept. But don't selfies feel weird to you? Selfies feel weird, but I have now got the knack. We always meet everyone after the show. I always think if someone's going to give us some money, mm-hmm. then at least I can do is shake your hand and say yeah. thank you. So we always meet people after the show, and for the first few shows, we would kind of stand awkwardly there, and people would kind of awkwardly come up. And now I've just developed the knack of sucking it up and going, right, if you want a picture, we're going to form a queue here. Right, you're first. Madam, what's your... So nice to see. Do you want a selfie with us? And it mm-hmm. feels arrogant and it feels weird. But no, if you've but done... actually, I think everyone's relieved because otherwise, you have a twenty-minute conversation with someone who really wants a picture but doesn't dare yeah. say mm-hmm. it, and other people kind of um, shuffling about in the shadows, wanting the same thing. And if you say, "Right, I'm up for this now," mm. then people, yeah, you, you, you've broken the risk, ice. I wouldn't say, "Do you want a selfie with me?" Right, <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a risk. It's a, it's a punt. It's yeah. a punt. And maybe I, you should offer to have selfies with them. Yeah. <laughs> I really want a selfie with. A couple of times people said, no, 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 I just want to come and say hello. It's like, really? <laughs> but you know what? I, I, here's, here's the thing I'm learning at 46, and maybe you've got it, or maybe you'll get there a lot earlier than me. It's just, I've just got no shame. I've, I've, I'm working on getting rid of all shame. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm working on, and it's getting rid of all shame. And most of it is gone. There's still some of it. And I, th- I think, personally, to be, let's, let's go there, to be, you know, a true performer, you've got to be free of shame and embarrassment and be able to do anything, you know, mm-hmm. and, and saying, do you, do you want it, guys, do you want a selfie, do you want a selfie, do you want me? Yeah, but it's very different off stage, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I, I can have a great show, then I just feel very shy sometimes yeah. after, you know. So who, so Chris Morris at the time, yeah. who I just adored, I was, a, 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 I mean, I was accused, and I probably did my early in my career ripping him off, the Adam O'Clock show was a rip-off mm-hmm. of, of, of Chris Morris. A lot of people probably tried ripping Yeah, off. And, I, and they told me they wanted me to be, be like Chris Morris, so I did the intonation and everything. And I was at a do once, a Channel 4 do, and Chris Morris was at the bar, and I was with a guy called... Andrew Newman, I think I was with, who was like, was commissioner at Channel 4, he works at BAFTA, I think now. And he said, do you want me to go and introduce you? And I went, nah, nah, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I, you know, I, 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 he'll hate me, I, it will be weird, so no. So that was my one chance. What is he doing now? Uh, well, he, I think he's making a new film. Because okay. he did Four Lions, didn't yep. he? And I think he's working on a new one. Okay. Which is probably out next year, so I guess that's his thing now. Yeah. It's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. Paul Garner is good friends with, um, our friend Paul Garner, who's a writer, is good friends with uh, Chris Morris. He used to do, oh, in fact, you probably heard him then. He would do, my friend Paul Garner would do the, I don't think this was on Blue Jam, but this was on perhaps his, his other show. Mm-hmm. You know the airport announcements? Yeah. Where he'd, he'd, he'd get, he'd say, right, we've got Paul is out at the Heathrow yes. Airport. Heidi drugs quick. Uh, but that was my friend Paul that would would go out and do all of those things. Maybe we'll see if we can find some of those in a bit. Um, dear listener, Bill Al is here and he's he's just going to sit in with us for the first hour and we're going to find out what he's up to and we'll plug all the websites and all of the usual. We'll do all of that. Um, but the show carries on as normal. If We've got Alan Caddick calling in. We'll go to him in a second. If you want to give us a call uh, uh, about comedy or about... Um, uh, 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 there's loads of stuff to talk about, actually. Alexa has been listening to people... Having sex. Oh, yeah, Dirty out. Alexa. 
um, 0344 You speak to Stuart, he will take your name and number and we'll give you a call straight back. This is the Late Night Alternative, weeknights from 10 with Ian and Kath on Talk Radio. No rules nocturnal nattering for nightbirds, nurses and nosferatu. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> cool. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Four 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 nine nine one thousand. Right, let's um, let's, let's let's take some calls, shall we, guys? And you can speak to Bill Al. You can phone in about anything. Uh, Alexa, listening to sex. Uh, uh, you're, you guys are about to be proven wrong about Mars. What guys? You got you. Oh, the scientists. No, you're not a scientist. Shut up, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I'm I'm in their I'm in their gang. But like, I have a controversial theory that I'd like to share with you mm-hmm. because you look like you're open-minded. Um. I believe, it is my belief that, uh, Alan and Susan will come to you in a second, that human beings come, no, my boys asked the other day, who was the first human, mm-hmm. right? And this is a pivotal moment. I could have talked to them about Adam and Eve. Adam and Steve. Mm-hmm. I could have talked to them about evolution. I didn't. Yeah. I said, well, the first humans lived on Mars. Oh. My boys are seven and nine. They are up for this kind of stuff. I said, well, thanks for asking me, son. The first humans lived on Mars millions of years ago. Mm-hmm. And then something happened. And I don't know what. I don't have all the answers. There was maybe a war or a huge natural disaster. Here's the thing, Bill. No one wrote anything down. So there's no proof of it. Because obviously, if you're going to vacate your um, planet, you, you come with nothing, don't you? And some had to escape. The very wealthy, the elite, yeah. had to escape. This amazing... Please, will you shut up? An amazing craft that... No instructions. I'm gonna, and I'm going to prove you wrong again in a minute. Right? So, they basically, we come from Mars. Where are you going? I'm going to just make you slightly less massive than this. All right. So, we, had to, we came from Mars, yeah. okay, after a huge global war or mm-hmm. massive... Ecological... You're a Scientologist. Sorry? Are you a Scientologist? No, is that what they believe? It might be. Something like that. I'm okay. not sure. Have you done the the was it the the, the test the test in no, Tonka Road? No, I've been given the. You get a cinema ticket, don't you? They give you a cinema. But ticket. is it to go and see the a Scientology film? film? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or is it to go and see the latest Tom Cruise? Because I'd be up for that. I'm a big fan of Tom mm-hmm. Cruise. I, I I so many times I've oh. This, this is a turning point in our lives. So me and Catherine Belfast at the weekend, and we're walking back from our show at the Black Box, and it's about half eleven midnight on Saturday night, and we're walking past a bar, and there's a, you know, you get these people, a woman, young woman outside the bar was trying to get people into the bar, right? So there's some lads in front of us. Guys, do you want to come in and get a drink? And da, 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 da. and then she saw us, she took a step towards us, mm. and then just looked and walked away. Oh. And I went... She thinks we're too old to be invited into a bar. Hello. Also, yeah. Admittedly, I don't drink anymore, but no. boy, back in the day, I'd have drunk that bar dry. Outrageous. Incredible. Mm. Uh, so I've, uh, I used to, when I had a day job, I was wearing a suit once, and I wasn't given a flyer when all these other people my age were. Racist. So I know what it's like. <laughs> that could have been it. <laughs> it's racist. Just, just every time, say it's racist. Say it's racist. I've upset so many racists oh, yeah. online. I think you, you, you responded to some of them um, <laughs> by calling out their racist leaders as racists. <laughs> and who, who would have thought that racists could be so easily triggered? Mm. Very touchy, aren't they? 
Very, very touching. Didn't even mention them and they all came running. I didn't mention them or Brexit and I'm, I'm a nonce. They're laughing at my divorce and I wonder your wife left you, shoved some more cocaine up your nose, you nonce. A lot of noncing. Mm. At least you're not a racist. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say it, Catherine. I think being a paedophile, I'm going to say it, is a little bit worse than being a racist. I mean, a racist paedophile. No, we're talking. Let's move on from that because that's very, very uncomfortable. Um, let's go back. Scientology. So I think we come from Mars and okay. then we crash landed here. Now, Catherine says, well, what about, why haven't we got any of the space technology? And I said, mm -hmm. well, it was, it was a bit, let's say it was a billion years ago. Yeah. Today, on my Twitch stream, I was trying to get a BBC microcomputer from 1982 to work, right? Yeah. That isn't, that isn't even 50 years old, right? 40 odd years old, 40 years old. I can't do the maths. And I couldn't get that to work. That is 40 years old. Mm -hmm. You want stuff from a billion years ago? Yeah, I think if it's central to um, the escape of a civilization, you might keep, I mean, the odd bits and bobs. Actually, mm -hmm. well, actually, I, I can prove you wrong again, because the phrase is bibs and bobs. It's not bits and bobs. Okay. Did you know so, that? Yeah, it's bibs and bobs. I've never heard bibs and bobs. And it's also, um, uh, minefield. And it's another think coming. No. Yes, it is, actually. It is. You can, but I think it does mm -mm -mm. set you apart as an you've idiot. Got, you've got another think coming. That's oh. the actual phrase. Sorry, you, I feel like you've just walked into our marital, we're not married, but kind of our marital breakdown. This is like Ian and Kath, the divorce is. Mm -hmm. That's really? okay. You sure you can deal with that? Yeah. Do you think they'll dig up an old dinosaur? He and thinks it's going to be a toaster. A space costume on or something. Taking the piss? No. Okay. Dinosaur <laughs> with a space costume. Something yeah, from you, uh, space. But you do think there's microwaves on Mars, so quite I think slack. I think and I'm not going to come slack for dinosaur in a space costume. That is that is disrespectful. I thought I was going to get on with this young man. He's about to be <laughs> muted. Uh, I do think mm -hmm. that the um, rover moonlander on Mars that it either has already, or, or I think we're going to go live one day, uh, to NASA we're going to go, we're going to go live to Mars, we're going to amazing footage of the rover Moonlander digging on Mars, and you're going to see this the rover digging, and they're going to go, oh my god, but th there's something, what is that, that's, oh my god, it's an original Walkman with the orange headphones, and they're going to find like old earth technology up there, that's what I think. Mm. Dinosaur in spacesuit. Good evening, Alan. Hi, Mark. Hi, Gaff. Hey. Hello, Alan. We've got um, Bilal here. Do you like, you like comedy, don't you? Yeah. First thing first, did you go to the doctor today? No. Was I supposed to go to the doctors today? I thought you were going to have a test for, for your bowel cancer. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right. I am supposed to have a, uh, um, uh, uh, Colonoscopy. Colonoscopy, oh. but that is supposed to be, they wanted to do it on the 19th of April, um, but then I've just remembered I'm doing something then that it, I need my bum for, so mm. I've got to phone them up tomorrow and change the date. So that's not for a few weeks yet, Alan. Why? Well, I'm getting my dates mixed up. You are getting your dates mixed up. Wouldn't be the first time. Well, okay. Do you, do you know any jokes you can tell us? Well, I've got a question for, um, can I guess that actually? Okay, oh. his name is Bill Al. Bill? Hi. What was the first <laughs> joke you ever heard? Say that again, sir. What was the first joke you ever heard? Oh, God. <laughs> Even uh, he's got the same contempt for Alan that no, we have. No, I didn't mean to. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Something as a child. What are, like, uh, old jokes? Oh, I did find, uh, there was a thing that Steve Coogan did. Oh, yeah. Where he did, he acted out, um, a Euro the Eurovision Song Contest. Oh, I don't remember that. 
and he did a weird song, and I used to cry. Oh, Tony totally Farino. Yes. Yes. Tony Farino. What was the song? Because he, he did, did a Tony Farino special, Taxi Taxi. Oh. Um, I know exactly what it was. I'm yeah. gonna, there we didn't go. Didn't he release a single? Didn't he release Help Yourself? Um, hang on a minute. He did. He, I, I had the album. I, I went to the taping of that show. I'm gonna play it for you. Uh, I know exactly the song you mean. Um, yeah. I remember seeing that when I was very little and really f loving it. <laughs> here we go. This is, uh, this is the song that you are referring to. Um. Yeah. Yes. Papa Bendy. Who, well, isn't this a world we live in? His first joke, we can play it straight back to him <laughs> yeah. without any prep. Here we go. <laughs> I think Tony Farina, thank you, Alan. I think Tony Farina is one of the great overlooked comedy characters. I loved it and it flopped miserably. Oh. So I went to the recording of it and I remember they showed it over two nights. The first nights they the first night they showed the special, then the second night they showed Tony Frino being interviewed by the Welsh guy that wrote the reboot of Arthur. Um he was in a lot of the um day to day uh Bainham, Peter Bainham. Yeah, yeah. Peter Bainham. Peter Bainham and it flopped terribly. Awful, mm. but I loved it. Didn't we used to play one of the songs about um, Tony Frino, uh, something about other women's wives? He steals parks. other men's wives, ruining other men's lives. He parks in other men's drives. That's, <laughs> 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 That's good. Um, let's go to Susan. Let's see what Susan has for us. Good evening, Susan. Good evening, my lovelies. Good evening, Ian. Good evening, Catherine. Good evening, Bilal. Good evening. Well done. <laughs> Got us all. It's such it's the right tone of voice for this job. You've got to fill in for me one day. Is, is Bilal as handsome as he sounds? Is he a handsome, raven-haired gentleman from Pakistan with beautiful brown eyes? Well, he's from Great Britain. Um, raven-haared makes me think of red hair. No, it's it? black. Is no, that red. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you. What did you think? Yeah. It? I thought he meant red. Hang on a minute, Susan, be quiet, we're talking. Where have you ever seen a red raven, you weirdo? I don't know why. I'm thinking of kites. Yes, Susan! Is Bilal handsome? Yeah. But he's young enough to be your grandson, you dirty old man. Keep your hands off, that's child abuse. No, 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 I didn't mean it like that. But Bilal, I can tell you that lots of, lots of white girls would love you. Oh my God, Susan! They do. This isn't Tinder FM. Okay, thanks very much, Susan. I'm so sorry for that. I genuinely, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that a lot of our callers are old and racist. A lot of white girls. It's well, okay. White girls would like you, and I bet your babies will be beautiful. <laughs> oh, beautiful babies. That's what they used to say. Oh, beautiful babies. I don't really approve, but beautiful babies. <laughs> I'm so sorry, man. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Let's take a break and just cleanse ourselves from that casual racism. This is Talk Radio. Late night. Conversation wealth losing sleep. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. <laughs> oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. You're just filling in Bill on well, Susan's I mean. backstory. <laughs> I use that term, you know, decidedly. Mm -hmm. I don't believe a word of it. I don't. I don't believe any of it. I think it's all bullshine. I think it's all bullshit. It's a very elaborate story if it's bullshit. Uh, yeah, but though. Very romantic, sexy story. Yeah. 
you just said something that was interesting about, uh, uh, that, that, <laughs> we're talking about what Susan, Susan's, um, uh, rather clunky, casual, casually racist, uh, uh, thing. I don't think she meant it in a, but it's no. maybe a slight uncomfortable. But then you said that some white people do see brown people, whatever mm. that may mean, as, as a fetish. Little bit. Um, I know that a lot, I know, uh, a lot of black comedians that I'm friends with yeah. have been, have had weird propositions. Like, I know that a uh, black comedian, I know a guy, he got a, a, a white couple wanted to pay him for like an evening of dinner and other stuff. Jokes? No. No. Uh, um, the, the, uh, because he was black. And they, yeah. they, they were white because he was black. God, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, here's the thing, I get that we all have types. Mm. I get that we have types, but if, if you, but you know, if you're treating a black person or an Asian person the same as having a cucumber shoved up your bum. <laughs> oh my God. Do you know what I mean? If you're treating it as, oh, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't marry an Asian guy, but I'd, lo I'd love to be locked in a hotel room with him for one night. That's a weird old, uh, thing. I know that, uh, uh members of the, I, I'm, I'm just trampling across all this in huge hob, uh, hobnail boots, so let's just carry on. Who, I'm going to offend somebody, so I might as well go for it. But I know that members of the trans community uh, are often upset at how trans women are seen as a fetish. Yeah. As a fet I wouldn't want to go out with a trans woman, mm. but my God, I'll certainly pay for an hour in her company. And it must be odd, um, you know, there's, there's not really a fetish for middle-aged... Divorced dads or, or old women, Catherine. So it's there um, probably is. Uh, there is. If you can think of it, someone gets off on it, as you always yeah. say. So there is okay. hope for you yet. Ian. I've had uh, like white women that are like a few times that are like obsessed with Bollywood. Okay, get in touch with me. But it's like I'm not Indian and I'm not into Bollywood at all. It's a bit weird. <laughs> but you're brown. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> could, you it, could you pretend to be Indian for me, please? Oh, maybe that's what they... Okay, yeah. It's a funny old world. 0344-499-1000 is the telephone number. We'll talk to her after 11, I think. We'll talk to her after 11. Um, so you're not doing Edinburgh. Well, we, no. I don't think we established on air why you're not doing Edinburgh. Just need a break. Very expensive. Yeah. It's also... So I had my first year, I had got the nomination thing, which was great. Yeah. And I had all these reviewers, like all the big Times, Guardian, whatever, saying, can't wait to see what he does next. And then I went back the next year and none of them came. Right. Um, and it's expensive for PR. It's yeah. like a couple of grand for reviews, basically. And then sometimes they just don't turn up. It's just a bit... It's been very intense for me for the last few years. What is so. the point of Edinburgh now? Because when I did it mm. 20... Two, 23 years ago, it was, I mean, and people then, 22 years ago, were saying, well, the fringe has really become too, there's too many, too much going on, too many comics, too many comedians, but now, you, you know, it's even bigger than that. And the point was, you'd get seen by a TV producer, and you would get a part in a sitcom, or you might get a sketch show. That was it. That yeah. was what it was, was aimed for. But what's kind of the, the point same, now? I think. Same sort of thing. Yeah. Get buzz around you, that sort of thing. Get, yeah, it's all producers come and see you all month. Because uh, there's people that are like more, I'm just stand up, but there's like sketch people yeah. that, that do like five or six different characters. And they're just showing what they can do, can't they? Yeah. As an actor. Oh, it's a big showcase. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's. Uh... I saw Mark Watson did a nice tweet today about Edinburgh that he's going, you know, for oh, yeah. the 18th year, but he is up for people who were in the same position as him more as he was when he was younger and they want to chat things through because he said it can be flipping tough out yeah. there. Mm. Do you go up there on your own? Do you have a do you yeah. cure with Avalon who, who yeah. look after their acts 
Sort of, mostly. Okay. <laughs> Tell them more. <laughs> but yeah. do you go up, do you have a, a, a rep that's up there with you that's keeping an eye yeah, on Yeah, my agent is there and she helps out and stuff. Okay. And nice. are you staying with her? Do you stay on your own when it happens? I get, I usually stay on my own or I get an Airbnb with randoms just because it's a little with bit randoms. intense. Oh, that's alright. They, they can be okay. If I've got an ensuite room, that's fine. Um, it can be, you know, people, there's people that sometimes take it very seriously and yeah. talk about their reviews and all of that all the time. So you don't stay with other comics? No, I haven't. Oh, no, that's the good. Years. The first time I went up, I stayed with a lady, I didn't know any of this one before I went, but she was a spiritual healer, yes, it man. turns out. Yes. And my room that I stayed in was a healing room, so I wasn't allowed to use any sprays, because that affects the, I don't know. Wow, the vibes. I don't know. So you couldn't do, use deodorant? No, but I use a roll-on anyway. Okay, fair enough. Fair <laughs> saving, okay. saving the planet. Um, what, the, the, the house you were staying in belonged to a healer, or Yeah, you? and she had a spare room. Uh, that, that's a strange rule to put in the Airbnb. Yes, no, no sprays. Yeah. No sprays. What was it? There was a story, wasn't there, a few weeks ago of the rules in the Airbnb that you had to, men had to sit down if they were having a pee, mm. uh, really strict, don't, don't mess with my flat, yeah. guys. You know, almost to the point where you think, do you really want people over? Because this doesn't sound very welcome. I went up to, I did Edinburgh a few, I did it a couple of times and I did it once as um, <clears throat> a contestant on the So You Think You're Funny oh, yeah. thing and I got to the final, I got to the final, I was in the final. Oh nice. The year it was won by Tommy Tiernan. Uh, so it was a good, you know, it was, it was good and I followed, the, the rule was, again this is when I only had 15 minutes material, the rule was in the first heat you could do anything you wanted, in the, the semis you had to do 10 minutes and then in the finals you couldn't repeat the 10 minutes you'd done. Mm. I didn't have any more material. Of course I should have just done the same 10 minutes, so I, I wrote new stuff and did my weakest stuff that I had left over and I died, and I, I died terribly, it was awful. But I, w w to go back up for the final, I didn't have enough money to, um, to rent anywhere. So, uh, I got a coach up there, the mega bus up there, jeez, and I camped. I camped about five miles out of Edinburgh. It was awful. It's the worst experience of my life, man. <laughs> Maybe you should do that is what I'm saying. Why didn't you stay on someone's sofa or something? I, I, after a couple of nights, I bumped into a friend and yeah. he said, I'll come, come and stay on my sofa. And I was like, you sure? He said, yeah, it was Mackenzie. Ah. Uh, and I did, but I had, a, I had a two or three nights in this tent. Oh, so you didn't have Facebook then? No. Which is what everyone does. I, I didn't have a mobile phone then. No. I didn't have a mobile phone. What world? I couldn't survive. I don't know how you... Life is better without it. I think about like... I, I use my maps to get everywhere. Yeah. My yeah. Google Maps. I'm yeah. so stupid. You used to have to print off directions. No. This is it. We're thick. Yeah. We're all thick now because you, because I would use maps when I'm driving all the time. Whereas before, you'd have to work out how to get somewhere. And then one, because you'd thought about it and read a map and did a, you'd know the way uh -huh. back. But because you're being an idiot and just looking at that, you drive somewhere and don't take in any of the, the stuff that you see. And you come, you, you just don't learn anything. But then the next progression was like AA route maps, where it would give you like a 1 to 25 step um, yeah, instructions. But you, you miss one, you're screwed. Oh. I was in um, Mackie D's drive-thru the other day, and uh, the guy in the car next to me, he had a big AA map book, an atlas. An atlas, yeah. An atlas, and he was planning an his route atlas. on an atlas. Yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't have survived as a caveman. No. Walked straight off a cliff. Oh. Can you do? Are you? Can you do anything? Can you do anything apart from tell jokes? Got any no. practical skills? Not really, because I've got a media degree, so Mate. I can I can do temp jobs, which luckily I don't have to anymore. Yeah, you know. Worst job you had? Uh, well, it's 
Uh, I was a care worker for about a year. Oh my gosh, okay. Yeah. With w w elderly people? Yes. Okay, how yeah. did that go? Well, it's weird because I was happy, I didn't mind doing the job that yeah. much, but it was the company that I hated. They were a big American company, yeah. which are everywhere now. Yeah. Um, I found out that some people were paying around 10 grand a month to stay there. Yeah. And the thing is, I was one of the carers, and I'd just come out of uni as, with a media degree, which kind of tells you why there's so much abuse and stuff in care homes, doesn't it? Yeah. If you yeah. can literally be anyone. You know, totally. I wasn't a nurse or anything. Um, there was other just weird stuff that I hated, like uh, we used to waste loads of food. Yeah. I guess that's loads of places. There was a thing where... If I w so some people would come and stay on respite, so they'd stay for like two weeks after an operation. If me as a as a carer, if I was to convince them to stay for the rest of their life, we'd all get a go karting trip. What? Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's the best thing I've ever heard. That's the best. My mum's in care because she's um, got MS and stuff, but, mm -hmm. but uh, and uh, it wasn't because I, of a particularly convincing care worker. Well, they were, well now I, they, they they did as I said. Okay, fine then. They did all grab helmets and. <laughs> Whooping and cheering. I but don't know if that's the case everywhere. No, uh, but you know. yeah, that that is um, <coughs> that is amazing. That is amazing. And I was at minimum trip. wage six pound fifty at the time. Yeah. a few years ago. Oh, they get paid terribly. Yeah, they yeah, get treated yeah. awfully. And you really get worked yeah. hard, you know, because you'd be doing the care stuff. Then you have to bring them to the dining area, and I had to serve the food. Yeah. And a lot of them have got dementia, so they think I'm a waiter suddenly, right. and they start being rude to you, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. I bet there was a bit of racism going on there as well with it because my granddad was a, such a lovely soul and then when he got dementia became incredibly racist you know just, so just, it, just all, it was hidden well this is the thing was it hidden I, i've I, you know i've thought about this a lot possibly but the fact that he chose to hide it means he he must have recognized that it was the wrong thing to that, say that it was it was an issue mm -hmm. that it was it you know I, I i he chose to hide it when he was well and i have to kind of give him the so credit. he would have loved the like populism and stuff yeah he, 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 he would have spoken his mind he would have tweeted a lot my my a lot of my <laughs> a lot of my family are very very pro tommy robinson but that's that's <laughs> um that's by the by we'll take a quick break and then we've got uh, brian on the line oh three four 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 nine nine or one thousand this is talk radio the late night alternative with Ian Lee. Unfiltered Night Talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. Evening, dear listener, Ian Lee, Catherine Boyle, Bill Al-Zafar is here. Um, what's it, t Twitter? Yeah. Twitter? Oh, Zafar Cakes. Z and is it one F, two Fs? Uh, one F. Z-A-F-A-R Cakes. Cakes. Yeah. Um, website? Uh, Bill Al-Zafar, comedy.com. Oh, comedy! Yeah. You've, you've, you've gone straight in there. But it was taken. By the soldier. Someone else. I don't know. Or the chief of police. Maybe. Someone. Scumbag. Annoyingly. Who is this scumbag? Mm. Ben Jordan. Um... <laughs> We, sorry, uh, we, um, Bill, Bill Al is here until 11, and then at 11, yeah. who have we got on? We've got Roger, uh... Roger's coming on. Yeah, Roger. He's, um, he, what was his name? Because you kept I don't know, Catherine. Yesterday. You, don't just say out loud, what is his no, no, name? No, we could have covered that. Shh, I'm saying his real name. We could have covered that. Roger Spur, not Roger Spur. Roger Spur is coming on, and he, he believes... He believes that Stonehenge and many other monoliths across the uh, great globe of ours were actually... The great globe of ours, you absolute <laughs> idiot. ...are actually um, the remains of um, biblical uh, giants. Um, how tall are you? Five nine. Uh, I'm sorry, man. Um, <laughs> we saw an actual giant in Belfast. This uh -huh. guy was like seven foot one at least. Yeah. 
I get very excited. I'm six four, and, and and six four now actually isn't that tall. But in, in my teens and my twenties, I was tall. I was tall and lanky, and would tower above most people. But if I see someone who is significantly taller than me, I get very excited, and I generally ask Kath to take a picture of me, sort of stood behind them, so that we. But this guy, it was. You looked through his shoulder. Oh, it was incredible. It was incredible. I felt so insignificant. Yeah. In the great scheme of things, Brian is on the line. Good evening, Brian. Oh, great. Hi. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hello, Brian. Um, Hello, everybody. Hello, Mum. Yeah. What it was, I was going to say, I mean, I, I never used to be into comedy that much until I went to a few comedy clubs in yes. the local area. Oh. And uh, I got really into the comedy scene. I quite like it now. So, my favourite comics from the north, are, for, obviously, are, are like uh, Jason Cook, um, Stephen Petty, and obviously, um, oh, the last from South Shields, I name just got me head. Um, Sarah Milligan. 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 Like that. She mm-hmm. follows me on That's Twitter. She's really Milligan. nice. Yeah, is, have you met her? She, yeah, she's really nice. I bet she's lovely. Very supportive. Yeah, I, yeah. No, I bet she's she's lovely. I bet she's she's uh, one of those people. Because sometimes these people that are nice on telly, you meet them. Oh, oh I God. know. Yeah, a holes. Yeah. Yeah. She used to work in the cinema, you know, selling ice creams before she came like into comedy. She's Did she? working a picture hall selling ice creams. Well, but well done, Brian, for calling it a picture house. I call it the pictures, but picture house is the proper term. I miss, Brian, and uh, this will mean nothing to Bill Allen, to the kids listening, I miss the interval. Oh, yeah, the interval, yeah. Okay. Well, that, when the, yeah, that, the pictures, you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah yes, of course, where, where else? Oh, no, no exactly, where the... And the woman used to go with the torches and got torches to throw you out the pictures. Yeah, the yeah, no one, that, no one has torches anymore, or, f- or flashlights, that. as the Americans call them. Flashlights, call flashlights, no. I do oh, apologise. Brian, thank you very much. Oh, no, go on, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I'll tell you what, I'm not keen on, and I've never, I've never really understood why people find him quite funny. I, I've never been a big fan of Roy Chibby Brown. I think he's like... With vulgar, like you know, I, do, I don't. I, like, I can't see why that can be quite humorous. I, I don't, don't know. like vulgarity. I don't like sexual references. I don't like swear words. Is any of this in your app, Bill? Allen? No. Excellent. Then, then I like you. Thank you very much indeed, uh, Brian. I appreciate that. The big thing in the nineties, early nineties, was comedians would get a good old show in Edinburgh. Like the sort of mid-tier to top-tier comedians. You get a good show, Edinburgh, work out. And then, in fact, it was Avalon that would do it. Would, would then mm-hmm. release it on VHS or later DVD. That was the big old thing. That, of course, is now dead. The Christmas DVD market. You used to love that Christmas. You get Stuart Lee and Harry Hill. Yeah. Oh, Stocking that? fillers. That's that. Boxing Day sorted. With what, Mom, can I put on my Harry Hill? Oh, if you have to. I think he's rubbish. But go after. Um, Netflix now. Netflix specials. Mm-hmm. When... Will I log in to my friend's account that I'm borrowing and be able to see you on there? Uh, two years. Is that happening? No. Oh. You must be the only... Because everyone's had... You know, I'm, I'm expecting a phone call from Netflix saying we've, yeah. we've kind of used everybody Not British. Up. Not British comedians, really. really. Not that many. Only the top ones get stuff. Oh, I suppose it is. Yeah. I suppose to it be is. honest, it's, it's, there's not that much, that many opportunities for British comedians at the moment. Because you've got panel shows... Yeah, and a couple of stand Have you done shows. any of the panel shows? No, I've had read-throughs. Have you ever done a panel show read-through? Uh, I've done an office. Ooh, yeah, that's office it. Office yeah. thing. Yeah, I don't know. I've had a few of those. It's not, never, I, I, yeah. not very good. I've either. never had the callback either. You do yeah. it in an office. They go through a show in an office in front Literally, of yeah. like six, seven people, and yeah. and they don't laugh. No. <laughs> and then they go, "Well, Bill, that was yeah. uh, really enjoyed that. Thank you very much. We will certainly, we'll certainly be in touch, won't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they're not. 
I nearly got what well, I apparently nearly got the Cats Does Countdown one, which would have been cool. Now, I've never seen that, but I don't get the concept. It's funny. Of that. Well, it's how is it? Playing Countdown and doing jokes. Yeah. I did it's 8 out of 10 good. Cats mm-hmm. twice. I had a read through for that. Yeah. Worst night of my life, first one. To be honest, horrible. It, it, yeah, sorry. It, it's it's not something I want to do. It's a bit weird because when I got into comedy, like Chris Morris and Armando mm. Unucci's stuff, I thought, oh, if I'm good at comedy, they'll let me make stuff. Yeah. But yeah, there's uh, mm. there's not many chances. I, I don't like. I did a few panel shows back in the day. I did. They think it's all over, and I did oh. eight out of ten cats, and and it was just I. I I can't, and I know a lot of this stuff is kind of written anyway, but I can't think like that. And also, I'm not very assertive. And those things, it, it was it was at the time, it probably still is, it was a dick measuring contest. It was basically who could be the loudest and who could do la 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 And also, part of the trick is um, you talk for as long as you can until something hits. You know, you could be talking for three or four minutes and the first three or four gags might not work, but you just keep, because you've got to have faith, you'll get to the gag and the laugh and they'll cut around it and they'll put the gag in. And I just go, I'd do a gag and it would die and I'd just go. Yeah, that exactly. happened to me in one of the read-throughs. Yeah. But the first thing I said didn't go very well and then I just lost confidence. It's horrible, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah. What else is there? There's, I suppose, d- does Live at the Apollo, does that still... It's still going, but it's very difficult, you know, to get near that. Yeah. Um, yeah. To be honest, I'm gonna... What's happened with me is, over the last three years, I do well with my solo shows and stuff, but yeah. I don't want to be on TV, but the majority of stuff I get asked to do or meetings for is around being Muslim or... Asian, right. and it's not something really What do you mean around being Muslim? So, like, for example, the second show I did in Edinburgh was all about dating. Right. Online dating. And part of it was about using Muslim dating apps and comparing them to, you know, Bumble or whatever. Okay. Um, and I got some nice stuff. I got to do it for Radio 4 and stuff like okay. that. And yeah. But, um... But yeah, you were like, seen as a Muslim yeah. who happened to be funny as opposed to a comedian yeah, yeah, yeah. who happens to be... Muslim, is mm, that... Massively, yeah. Right. So I'm gonna try and focus on making my own stuff. Uh now basically you can convert to a proper religion that's a joke that's a joke <laughs> guys it's a joke sorry wow <laughs> um yeah it's like he's back in the care home <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm just because i know we've got a lot of racists listening i'm just i'm just playing to my crowd yeah um <clears throat> yeah it's <clears throat> funny isn't it how for a while i got seen as the depression guy because i wrote a thing about depression and talked about that so i was seen as the depression guy mm. and you get uh, do you want to come on and talk about the, 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 your depression? And it's like, do you want to come on and yeah. doing the thing about Muslim men driving red cars? Yeah. And we thought, well, yeah, I, I get asked to do sometimes random serious news stuff where I'll be like debating some right wing guy, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I want to be a comedian. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's tough to get gags out on news night. I don't want to. I don't want to argue with a racist and then get <laughs> and then get loads of abuse. You know what I mean? Everything is so, and this is the thing that me and Kath are trying to avoid, although it can be fun sometimes, but you've got, it's not a card we play very often, it, it, it is the, the um, conflict. Everything now has to be conflict. Yeah. You have to have, um, y- you know, you have to, someone talking about Muslim issues, should we say. So you've got to have a Muslim on, but then you've also got to have someone from the far right yeah. to to disagree with. Well, why can't we just have the Muslim guy on? You know, why why or you, someone talking about you know t- teaching about gays in school? And then you've got to have someone from the, the Christian or from the Muslim, ex, you know. Ex- why can't we just have the mm. one thing? Why have we got to go for the conflict mm. all the time? I'm so bored. It's a thing that the BBC do a lot, and yeah. I'm so tired of it, man. Mm-hmm. It's exciting, I guess. 
this gets viewers, you yeah. know. This is why, I mean, this show is doing all right, we find out this week. We find out tomorrow night. But, um, but we'd do so much better if we had you in and we go, well, okay, Bill Al, that's interesting that you're saying that, yeah. but we've got, um, an EDL comedian in who's going to tell don't you think they have a sense of humor. Well, no, they don't have a great really one. But you know, if we had that, I don't quite know what the counterpoint would <laughs> yeah, be, yeah, yeah. but if we had that, tonight's show, it's going to be feisty, mm. it's going to be punchy. We got a Muslim comedian and Fight. we've got a, we've got a far-right oh. person who doesn't find anything funny. Yeah. And there are more and more like, well, there's a bunch of comedians that call, consider themselves right-wing that go on about freedom of speech. Right. You know, that's like a thing now. There's, which, I, I well, we're running out of time. I, I think it's good that there, you know, I, th there's always the thing about the BBC left-wing bias, which I actually don't disagree with. I think you hear, whatever side you are, I think you hear the other sides, you know, from the BBC. But they do have a point that a lot of the comedians on the panel shows are kind of left-wing, cent mm -hmm. centre-left and all of that. Uh, and I do think it would be good to have wing makes it so but you know some people on the right and i know there's that, not that many there's though. not many there's, there's one like guy whose selling point is he's like a pro brexit yeah. comedian whose name escapes me jeff norcott that could be it i think so yeah that could be it um and uh but uh yeah, but so that when you say free speech mm. you're talking like on borderline racist basically right, yeah so okay, that you okay. know that count dankula guy the, uh, Nazi yeah, yeah, the, the Nazi pub. He started off the whole thing. And, okay, okay. Yeah. And the thing is, though, with the free speech stuff, they go on about you can't say anything anymore. You really can say anything. Yeah. They in are saying clubs. it. They, they are. are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we're out of time, Bill Al. Uh, give us your Twitter. Oh, uh, Zaffercakes. Zaffercakes and Bill Al Zaffer com comedian. Uh, comedy. Comedy. On the website. Send me a little tweet and I will retweet it. Thank so you. nice to meet you, man. You too. Thanks for me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And let us know when you're doing a show in London, and we'll love to come along. Oh well three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Well, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with Farah. I've never been with anything less than a man. So fine. I've been on fire with Sally Field, gone fast with a girl named Bo. Somehow they just don't end up as mine It's a death-defying life I lead I take my chances I die for living in the movies and TV But the hardest thing I ever do Is watch my leading ladies Kiss some other guy while I'm bandaging my knee I might fall from a tall building I might roll a brand new car Cause I'm the unknown stuntman That made Redford such a star I've never spent much time in school But I've taught ladies plenty It's true I hire my body out to pay Hey, hey I've gotten burned over Cheryl Teague's blown up for Rocky Welch But when I wind up in the hay, it's only hay Hey, hey, I might jump an open drawbridge Or Tarzan from a vine Cause I'm the unknown stuntman That makes Eastwood look so fine Um, well this is awkward 
It's like that thing when you say goodbye, uh, you say goodbye to a friend after a night out or mm. after work or something, and then you get to the tube station and it's like, oh, it's, yeah. oh, it's you again. And you, how many, how many times can we say goodbye, Bella? We didn't hug though. We so didn't, okay. we, we didn't hug, we didn't hug, but there's, um, I once got off a train because Hugh Dennis got on a train and I didn't, I'd met him <laughs> the night before uh. and I just didn't want to, speak to him. Yeah. Not because I didn't like him, but mm -hmm. I just, I'd been introduced to him the night before. Otherwise, I'm sure he wouldn't have known who I was. And it, we'd had an awkward conversation that night, mm -hmm. and I thought, I don't really want to be sat on a tube having another Did awkward... Did you have to get off? Yeah. I didn't have to, no. <laughs> but my insecurity yeah, meant yeah, yeah. that, yeah, I got off. I got off at, um, the one after Camden that's not always open. Uh, I can't think what it's called. I haven't lived in London for so long. And then I walked down to Tottenham Court Road. So I had to walk 20 minutes in the sweltering heat. Wow, was it worth it? No, it was stupid. Really <laughs> stupid. I'm sure he wouldn't have seen me. Or if he did, I could have gone, alright Hugh, fancy seeing you here. Fancy mm. seeing Hugh here is what I should have said. Yeah. 15 years later and I finally come up with the winning line. Mm. Man alive. Um, but no, I'm not very good with com- this is- I could do conversations like this because this isn't real. But in real life, I can't do it. I know what you mean. Yeah. You yeah. right, Boyley? Yeah. Why is he still- why is he still here? I, I, yeah. We're sorted. Asif's on his way. Okay. okay. Alright. But, but he's still in the studio with me. I'll yeah. tell you in a minute, but I'm trying to be slick. Okay. <laughs> well, how slick are you? Because is my- my next guest up? Just give me a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Captain is the best producer in the world if you want a really sloppy- Do you want him at all? Pipe down. <laughs> <laughs> That's outrageous behaviour. Um, is his car coming? Where are you? What are you doing? He's on his way. We've got six minutes to get down the stairs. Right, get out of my studio. I'm going okay. for the, can I go for the hug now, Bill? Yeah, Because yeah. then this is it. Then we can't... Yeah. Nice to meet you, brother. See you. I'll see you around. Keep in touch. Don't forget your phone. I oh, yeah. Yep. We'll see you again. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you'd be very, uh, very welcome to. Now, last night we were talking. He was nice, wasn't he, Bilal? I liked him a lot. What a nice guy. Um, I'm going to go and see him do some stand-up now. Um, we were talking about uh, a gentleman in the United States of America who had come to the conclusion that... Um, uh, the stones in Stonehenge were, in fact, actual bones from giants. Now, I know it sounds, uh, it sounds, I don't want to say crazy, it doesn't sound particularly sensible, but who are we to argue with this stuff? Who are we to argue with this? How do we, how do you, how do you know that that isn't true. How do I know that that isn't? Who knows what Stonehenge is? We're not. We're not. Except we're not dialing the right number. There we go. There we go. What a what a world we live in. In this ever changing world in which we live in, makes you give in and cry. So live and let die. I tell you what. While we're waiting for uh, that to get sorted um, out, let me. Oh no! Listen to this. This is terrible. The lead guitarist of In Excess. Anyone name him? Can anyone name the lead guitarist of In Excess? No. Stared down in horror at the bloody stump of his left ring finger after it was hacked off by a boat's anchoring equipment in 2015 and screamed, It's taken my finger off! 
a shocked Tim Farris, who feared he was about to faint, then gathered the finger in the palm of his hand and held it against his chest. Wow. Wow. This is horrendous. Sorry, this was meant to be a light-hearted, uh, filler story. Instead, it's absolutely bloody horrible. The Perth-born musician is now suing the Sydney Rental Boats operators, John William Axford and Jill Mary Axford, for damages. He claims they're responsible for the uh, injury that ended his career. I would suggest... I would suggest the death of Michael Hutchins is what ended the career. Do you remember they did a TV show? It's quite a good TV show, actually, where they looked for a replacement singer for Michael Hutchins. Do you remember that? It was quite a good show, that. What was that called? Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. I will never forget what I saw as long as I live, Farris, 61, said in his evidentiary statement for the NSW Supreme Court. That's not safe for work. Supreme Court civil case. My hand. Why can't I do an Australian accent? My hand was covered in rust, blood and mud. But I could see one of my fingers had been severed and the others were disfigured, badly lacerated and bleeding. Farris's legal team argues there was a foreseeable and not insignificant risk of injury to someone handling the anchoring equipment on the Omega Clipper 34 boat. The guitarist hired the boat for a leisure cruise on Pittwater Bay over the Australia Day weekend in 2015. The statement of claim argues the defendants failed to properly instruct Farris how to use the equipment and didn't maintain a fully functioning anchor system. You've always got to have a fully functioning anchor system, guys. The Axfords and Church Point Charter insists Farris was given proper instructions but failed to take due care and failed to operate the anchor appropriately. If Farris suffered injury, loss or damage, which is not fitted, uh, admitted, the defendants say such loss and damage was caused or con- contributed to by the first plaintiff's own fault and negligence. The musician argues that on the 24th of January in 2015, he and his wife Beth sailed into Akuna Bay but struggled to set anchor because the chain was prone to kinking. Prone to kinking. They telephoned a Church Point Charter employee for assistance after the anchor motor stopped operating and then reset the circuit breaker. The motor restarted, but it didn't halt the kinking of the chain. Farris says he attempted to realise... This is getting quite technical, guys. I just want to hear more about fingers being chopped off. He suffered a a severe... (laughs) Severed left ring finger... So that's the marriage finger, right? And serious injuries to his index. That's Peter Pointer and middle. That's the bird finger. There was a minor injury. Now, this can't be a technical term. There was a minor injury to his pinky finger. Who's laughing at that? Is that you? Yeah, it's pinky. That can't be a technical term. He needed 11 hours of surgery to reattach the severed finger, which is no longer functional. Farris is seeking damages for loss of earnings and future loss of earnings as well as up. I mean, I, I don't want to make jokes, but do we do we thank these people for uh, ending NXS? Uh, I find my reattached ring finger to be an annoyance and unsightly. I have considered having it amputated. I am no longer able to play guitar other than a few beginner level chords. 
Um, I mean, dear God. In excess, are they the most cursed, unlucky band in the world? Can you think of a band more unlucky? Let's try and th- oh, I suppose Badfinger. No, who was the band? 0344. Four nine nine one thousand. Who was the band where half of them died in a plane in plane in a plane crash? It was oh they were like um um uh like d- down home the down home southern boys is that what they were called? Not the down home southern boys. Um. Oh, let's flip it, X. Someone phone up and tell me what the bloody band are called. Instead of listening to a man drowning in a sea of complete uselessness, what were they called? Uh, Down Home Southern Boys. No, they weren't called that. That's not a name. Is it true that, um, one of, um, Ozzy Osbourne's band was chopped in half by an aeroplane? Oh, three. Four 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 nine nine one thousand. That's the telephone number to give us your grisly, gruesome rock stories. We're still waiting for racists to call in. We're still quite happy for racists to call in. Um, we haven't had anybody call in to defend Boris Johnson and Donald Trump yet. That would be... They're all kind of talking no trousers. The, the old gamer guy on Twitter was going to call in and never quite got round to it. I don't know why. 0344 499 1000. This is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. 0344 499 1000. David says the London boys were killed in a car crash. It's very partridge and very unpleasant, hasn't it? Let's go to Andy. Good evening, Andy. Hi, Hi, Andy. What you got for us, man? It was just the way you came, it was uh, Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinner! <laughs> down, uh, although down home Southern Boys, it sums them up, it sums them up pretty nicely, doesn't it? I know, I prefer that actually. They're down home And was it one of, um, uh, Ozzy Osbourne's band that got chopped in half by an aeroplane? I never heard of that. I heard that. Kirsty Nicole, was it, she no get... Kirsty Nicole, yeah, really sad on a holiday. She was, um, got hit by a boat. I think she was protecting her kid. The boat was coming for uh-huh. her kid and she kind of jumped on him or her, I don't know, I'm afraid, to kind of protect mm-hmm. him and she got hit and died. That's a shame, that's terrible. I was thinking, uh, would you call it Spinal Tap Day or Kate Unlucky, but... The, but was it the, the drummer died in a bizarre gardening accident? At least one of them. <laughs> one spontaneously combusted live on stage... That's right. Andy, thank you very much indeed. 0344-499-1000. Let's go to Alistair. Good evening, Alistair. Uh, it was Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinner. We, yeah, we just got that, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, sorry, I'm too late. That's all right. Don't worry about it. We're, we're, we're all too late to save Leonard Skinner now, I'm I afraid. Great meeting tonight, man. With uh, Mistress Sophia. Unfortunately not, but I mean, <laughs> another great meeting. Because <laughs> I, I want to, we all want to hear about, you don't have to tell us, of course, but we all want to hear about the meeting with Mistress Sophia, because that sounds well, like a great day. Having spoken yesterday about it, I think I do need to do a bit more research about what goes on. You get, what goes on is you get, um, uh, told that you're worthless and you get your, a little bit of spanky spanky. Hands and knees sort of thing. Yeah, really. hands and, and here's the thing, with someone like Sophia, um, she's, you know, that, that, and there are others like, they're, they're not gonna, they'll tailor it to your specific needs. They are not gonna thrash you to within an inch of your life. It, you know, if that's it, it will be, it will be a little gentle, you know, it will be whatever you want it to be. 
Will she let me go? Yeah, she'll let you go. Of course she'll let you. We should let you go. <laughs> course, it's Alistair again, Catherine. He's, uh, still toying with the idea of Mistress Sophia or someone of her right. ilk. He's worried she won't want to let him go. Flatter <laughs> yourself. Uh, <laughs> just worried that it might be a little bit intense. Here's the thing. You get someone good like her, like her, there are lots out there, they will, they, 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 they want your repeat business, okay? So they are not going to do anything you don't want to do. I'm sure there would be an, it, it, um, there would be a safe word where you say it and, and, and the scene stops immediately. It's whatever you want it to be, man. Have a think about what, what might be interesting to you and then get in touch with her or someone like that and see what they say. All right, man, that's brilliant. But go on, you. you're talking about your AA meeting tonight. Say again? Oh, yeah. yes, yes, Go yes, on, what yes. happens? Don't know, I mean, it's just, um... Well, obviously, don't, don't, tell me, don't tell me what happened. I just realised no, it's totally inappropriate. Tonight and yesterday, I'm just overwhelmed by the love that you find yeah. in those scenarios. They're yeah. absolutely gorgeous. And they're like a real Philip. And, um, oh, I just feel so absolutely wonderful. There you go. Every time I leave, leave those forums and yeah. I realise, yes, there are lovely human beings on this planet. There are. So, I, I, I'm go I've got to throw a Spaniard in the works. You know, it sounds like you're pink clouding it a bit, which is great, but just, you know, you're going to go down as well as up. Remember that. Oh yes. I've been down at the weekend. Okay, fine. Well, good, well, good. I'm good you were down. Good you know that this 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 buzz doesn't last forever. Uh, oh yeah. And it comes and it goes, and it's uh, but it's the joy of what you've got, Alistair, is the joie de vivre. Literally, the joy of living and of life is now coursing through your veins. Now you see there is an alternative. Indeed. Yeah. Thank Thanks. you very much to you too. Nice one, man. Thank you very much. Cheers, Alistair. Take care. Well done. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Where's Roger Spurt? He's giving me the wrong number. What? Yeah. What the hell? I keep checking it, but I've sent him a message. Let's see what happens. What the hell is going it's on? It's all going on tonight, isn't it? It's what the hell? <laughs> so, um, the company is changing Uber. Right. Or the way it does Uber. What well, Uber's changing Uber? Well, no, the account is being shifted over. Okay, so what does that mean? It means I paid for him myself because we couldn't use their um, company's right. account. It didn't, didn't work, so I've um, told the boss it's all good. Cool. Okay, all good. Fine. All right, fine. All right. Okay. Okay. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Could you do me a favour? Could you speak to Andre while I just do? I just got to look something up on here, if you wouldn't mind. Thank you. Go sure. On. Hi, Andre. Hi, Kev. How are you doing? I'm all right, thanks. What are you up to? Yeah, just chilling listening to your show, really. But, uh, did you know who died in that plane crash, what group? Big pardon, what? Did you know what man died in that what, plane crash? I was not in the room when you were talking about plane crashes, so fill me in if you don't mind. Oh, it's Buddy Holly and his band, yeah. Right. Buddy Holly's band went on the, uh, went on the plane. On the bus, didn't they? No, they, they, they were on the bus. The, pla the band went on the plane. No, the, they was on the plane. The, the, ba the band, the crickets weren't on the plane. Buddy Holly was. Yeah, but not Buddy Holly's band. Richie Valens. Oh, that's what I heard. Well, but, the, the, no. Cathy, but you've got this. I'm, I'm, I don't think I have. Go on. Say again, Andre. Buddy Holly's band dies on the plane crash. Oh, uh, moving on from that. I've got to move you know on because I've got another phone number for Roger Spur. You know Stonehenge? Yes. When I was there, right, now you're not going to believe this. No. I got really early in the morning there. And have a guess what was brewing within sight of Stonehenge. Right. A flipping cock circle. Uh, I nearly blew and cacked myself. A, a crop, a cock circle? A crop, a crop, C-R-O-P circle. Okay. Right. Right. 
I couldn't believe it. I didn't know what was happening. Okay. Do you believe that? I, I, I mean, I guess I kind of believe it, uh, uh, Andre. If you say it, why would I, why would I doubt that? Well, bro, you're right in what you say. Okay. Thank you very much indeed, Andre. I mean, very, very, uh, this is a confusing time to be alive, isn't it, guys? Uh, let's go to Dave. Good evening, Dave. Hi. Hey, Dave, what you got for us? I just like to say about, um, the, them what got killed in the plane crash. I think it was Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper. Thank you. And it wasn't Buddy Holly's band. Uh-huh. So that was good. Also, I, I, to be factually correct, Buddy Holly wasn't even touring with the crickets at that time. He, he, I think he'd sacked the crickets off. But it wasn't the band. It was, but it was, it was those guys. And yeah. who was it that, that swapped places with Richie Valens? It was, um, country and western star was supposed to be on the plane and i think he tossed a coin and richie valance won it was it waylon jennings i think so yeah i think it was waylon jennings dave thank you very much indeed i think it was waylon jennings and uh, uh dion as well was part of that tour right oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand we're gonna make another call out to america in a little bit that's kind of what i was just looking up at and we'll go there in a bit but uh, before that, uh, tell us a little bit about Roger Spur and what we were discussing yesterday, Catherine. Roger Spur from Mudfossil University, based out in the U.S. of A. United ha- States of America. Has a really interesting theory. Should we, should we find out what it is? Yeah, go on. Evening, Roger. Hello there, my friend. How are you? Very, very well. It's nice to talk to you at last. We had a little bit of a problem, but we've got you now. Um, well, that's the important thing. That, that's all well, good, yeah. That's what it's all about. What, what is your theory about, um, the Great British Stonehenge? Well, I really need to start from the beginning Go for about it. the 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 origin, literally, of the rocks that you see. Yeah, is not what you think. They are not just some dead dust that accumulated. Now, I, I did some some research here in Connecticut, USA, uh, in 2012. Yeah, I found some anatomically perfect, huge gigantic human fingertips. Gigantic. Uh, it, it would assimilate to somebody that was 50 feet tall, one of them, and a one that was 200 feet tall. Um, so, just where did you find these fingertips? I found them right on my property, literally. Wow. In Connecticut here, they're, well, here in Connecticut, and, the, and they're all over the world. This is nothing unusual. Yeah. Absolutely. Nothing unusual whatsoever. And that's why Stonehenge is the way it is. And if you look at the heel stone and you look at it carefully, you can see that's a foot. And and they, I've, I, I know about how it is underneath the soil there too, and it is is a heel of, the, of that foot. Now, anyway, so going back to 2012, yeah. I find all things in in the ground, and they are anatomically, undeniably, huge human fingertips. So how, let me let me you say undeniably. Why? What? What? What tells you they are fingertips and just not big old rocks? Okay. The, what told me was the actual literal look of it first. No. So I am in the semiconductor industry. I, that's what I was. I don't do that stuff anymore. But I fully understand molecules, how they bond, and all the different uh, chemistry. Yeah. So. I took it and I said, well, I know what it is, I, but nobody would talk to me about it because it was so outrageous. So I said, well, what would it take to get this thing certified? 
And Yale told me, well, you're going to need to get CAT scans. You're going to get, need to get DNA. You're going to need to have an anatomist look at this, and you're going to have to write up something about it. I did all that. I did all that. I had the DNA test done by Helix Biolabs. Yeah. And they did three DNA tests for me. They all came out positive for the for their modern human DNA, even though they're gigantic. And I mean gigantic. So now, yeah. you do these three tests. So then I take these, I, I, you know, it was not cheap. It was expensive. It took three months to do the test. And, and they came back all positive. And they ran negative controls, all that. So now. I go searching for somebody to do CAT scans. And the best CAT scan place in the world, Jesse Garant and Associates, they, they scan actual racing car engines and all that big stuff in yeah. these huge scanners, which very few people have. We had one done at the University of Texas. It was a waste of time and a ton of money. Well, so well hang just, on a minute, hang on a minute. Now, why do you say it was a waste of, of time at the University of Texas? Is that because it didn't come back with the results you wanted it to come back with? No, no, it became because they it, they refused, literally refused to speak to me once they did the CAT scan. And it ended up being a, a, a real fight, and they told me not to bother them ever again, stay away from them. I just, all I wanted to ask them was how the water molecules affected it because it was extremely dry. Why did they not want to speak to you again? Did, what, they thought you were a fruitcake? They, you have no idea, my friend. Yeah. What, what you, what academia does to truth? It is not a place you will find any truth whatsoever. None. Gosh. Okay. Okay. So, None. so you did. So you weren't allowed to talk to them again. So you took it elsewhere. No, no, they... so let me let me just go through the whole. Process. Yeah, go on. Go on. Sorry, Roger. It's, it's, yeah, that's okay. It's it's sort of a complicated, circuitous thing, but we'll get to the end of it here now. Yeah. So I get the DNA test done. They all come back positive. I go get Jesse Garan to do these CAT scans, and he did them gratis because he knew what they were. He's a scientist. And they normally, it was over $15,000 worth of scans that they did. Um, then I had Dill Headley, who owns his own autopsy school, teaches all around the world. He authenticated it as well. He said, absolutely, no question. It is exactly what you're saying. I have, all the, I have so much evidence on it. And the chemistry, and I know the chemistry because of where it actually accumulates in the body based on different anatomical necessity. Yeah. The tendon made out of CaCO3, calcium carbonates. The, uh, your your blood goes down in the, in the FeO2, uh, FeO3 state, which is the three oxygens. It passes through the blood vessels. It comes back to FeO2 state. I, I, I got this down. So they hate this. Absolutely hate it because it changes everything that they've said about our history and about the size of these creatures. And literally, the thing they hate the worst is it backs up some of the statements in the Bible. Now, that's not my intention to go off into religious land. No. You know, my intention is to go into the truth. What is the truth? And and right now, let me just say something, Ian, if I can. I'm just going to make a couple of quick statements. If yeah, I go on, Roger. Of course you can. Uh, here's the deal. If, if you want to look up what I'm talking about, people have computers, they can just go to uh, Mud Fossils, and that's Mud Fossils, all one word with an S, dot com. Okay. There's three DNA tests, it's all in one report, and then there's the links to the Facebook and the YouTube. 
And um, so that pretty much sets us up, my friend. I, I, I have the evidence. There is no <laughs> question whatsoever now. And I actually have some, uh, I have a, well, I, I've got some things. I'm looking, I'm looking, I've gone to mudfossils.com and I'm looking at the D- DNA tests. That is quite, um, uh, I, I don't know what I'm seeing. That's quite, maybe I'm a bit dumb, Roger, when it comes to DNA. That, that's quite a complicated read. Yes, it is. It's exactly what it is. It's extremely complicated because they did the test in the most strict protocols. Which means that they use gene clean kits, yeah. sterile conditions, uh, all kinds of temperature regulation, and, you know, and it's very, very, very sophisticated. And it came out. If you go over to the end, you'll see the the. Uh, oh yeah. It's um, Homo sapien, Mitochrome B, and uh, I forget what the other one was. A couple of different places, which is what they look for. And there was a hundred base pairs. But could that not just be right? Let me play devil's advocate. Could that not yeah. just be that uh, over centuries, I don't know, people touch them or, you, you know, that, that somehow human DNA, I don't know, I, I, you know, let's, let's go into the world of crazy. Maybe someone did it with a stone in the old days. Because somehow human DNA has, has, has got there by other methods than them being fossilized giant bones. Yes, absolutely. DNA can be anywhere. However, here's the story here. I cleaned everything down with bleach. These were solid stones. There was no way anything got in there that after it was cleaned. Then I drill, and then I drill deeper. And then I take that sample, and I take it out of an arterial network. So I'm taking it out of the artery, right out of the blood. And then they take it. uh, So I get that sample. Now, when they got it, if you look at the three samples, if you go to the... um, the slips where they show the different colors there. Yeah, are, I got that. Okay. You'll see two of them are, there's like three bands. Here, I should go on mine. But the, the one on the right hardly has any reaction. Do you see that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The other two are dense. Those it. two, he told me, were extremely dense. And that means that I would have had to squirt my own blood on there. I, I took it right out of the blood. And and people don't understand this, but Mary um, Schweitzer, back in 2008 or something, she she took some um, bone material from a T-Rex and put a little bit of acid on it. And it sat there for months. And then all of a sudden it turned, so it was gooey. And it was... Cells of the of the blood were liberated because blood has is a is, well blood is a metal complex right if blood has ferrous oxides that's metal right? oh yeah when you get blood in your mouth you can taste iron, iron yeah exactly so now what happens in with metals is what they call chelation and chelation is a process where the metal complex the metal is the central core and what wraps around it is what they call ligand. The little tiny molecules, like a rubber bag, that surround that that molecule and sequester and keep it keep it forever, literally okay. almost forever. I, I'm chuckling because Al has done a very witty tweet. Fair play to this guy. He's actually had the patience to endure and get blood from a stone. So he's <laughs> right there. Now I'm looking at Stonehenge. 
Oh, by, by the way, before that, Roger, I, I don't know, are you married? Do you, do, I, I just wondered, the day that you found fingertips or, or, or you know, you came to the, th- the conclusion that Stonehenge was uh, giant bones, I just wondered what your, your <coughs> missus or what your family would have said when you said, right, that's it, I got it, I know what's going on. Did, did, did those close to you laugh at you? Did they get it straight away? Oh, I, they still don't get it. They still don't get it. People, what, people are so deluded with what they've been taught that they, the first thing out of their mouth is, who, who, what, what PhD told you to say that? You know, they want to know how, how I am able to make these statements. Now, my whole life, I fixed things. I worked on electronic equipment. I designed stuff. I, I taught, um, electronics and I had, couple of businesses of electronics and um, business machines and all that sort of stuff. So I understand the chemistry. Yeah. I understand the anatomy. It's not, It's there's no rocket science. It's 100% obvious. If you've seen any of the videos on uh, mud fossils. Um, uh, there's a link for YouTube on your, on your website. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, I've got hundreds of them up there. And, and they're all backed up with the chemistry, the DNA, the CAT scans. The material, uh, microscopic shots. But you know, you, you are, listen, I'm on, cause I'm, I'm open to anything these days, Roger. I'm open to absolutely anything. But, you do realize how crazy it sounds, don't you? You know that, cause you're a sensible guy. Well, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I tell you what, I tell you what, you want to talk about crazy? Yeah, go on. <laughs> go on, give me, go on, talk to me about crazy. It's <laughs> <laughs> fun, brother, here. Got Google Earth? I got Google Earth, man. Yeah, I, uh, I think it's just like, online, isn't jump it? On, jump on Google Earth. Yeah, I'm going to Google Earth. Hang on, Google Earth. Yeah. Yep. And, and everybody out in, the, in your audience, go on Google Earth and go right on top of Morocco. Morocco. Okay, hang on a minute. I don't now. I, now it won't work. Oh, it's loading. It's loading. Yeah, take your time. It's no big deal. We got, we got a rush. Uh, in in Morocco. And I have a video, uh, a lot of ton of them up about it. There is a dragon you can see from Google Earth. And if you can't see it, brother, you're going to have to right, go. I'm going get Morocco. Away. How many R's in Morocco and how many C's? One, One and two. One and two. Thank you. All right, Catherine. Please, I, I don't know how to spell Morocco. I've only been there. It's, it's just, it's just the north of Africa. You can't miss this right. thing. It's the whole entire north of right. Africa. I got right. it. And, and what, sorry, so I'm, zo- I'm zooming into Morocco. Okay, I'm here. And what am I looking for? A dragon. Okay, look for a dragon's head. <laughs> and and just below it will be a gigantic fish. Uh, hang on a minute. Uh, hang on a minute. Hang on You're going to see a big, long, like a road-looking thing that heads over towards the Mediterranean. Okay. Back out of that road-looking thing. Well, go right down into it, and you're going to see it's all dragon scales. Right, I'm at Marrakesh. Um... Um... Well, um, hang on a minute. I'm not very good at seeing. It's like looking for the dolphin in the 3D pictures in the 90s. No, that's okay. I, I can guide you to this. Go- yeah, I, and I have, the, like I said, I have the video. Kath, have you odd. found it? Yeah. Kath has found it. So the eye of the dragon is oh! just above Marrakesh. Oh, yes! Once you can <clears throat> see it, you can see it! <laughs> so the eye, is, uh, the eye is by Safi. The mouth is by Agadir. Now, you see all that stuff running off? Back out to, to about a height of, um, I'm up at, uh, high altitude, 
Yeah. 300 miles. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm there. Now, you see all that runoff from the body? Yeah. See, that neck goes, runs all the way down. And keep flow down through that body. That neck runs down, and you just barely hit his stomach halfway across Africa. But hang on, hang on, Roger. Isn't that just... Just the way the earth, you know, it's earthquakes and it's volcanoes and it's oh, shifting no, no, and that. No. You, you, you're not telling me that that is actually a giant dragon dinosaur thing that is the, the size of Morocco. Absolutely, I am saying that, my friend. Holy and shit. not only am I saying that, hold on. Open your mind up, brother. I'm opening it. It's open. You. Trust me, this is the most open mind on radio, Roger. I promise you, man. I'm listening. Go okay. on. Okay. All right. Good, good, good. Now, you see the head. Yeah. You see the head. I got but it. You see all that dark stuff coming out of his lips. Yep. Follow that down. <laughs> <laughs> Where are he we going now? Giant, he attacked the giant fish. Yeah, fair play. <laughs> that checks out. That show checks me, out. Show me, wait, just make sure I've got the right thing. Let me see. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> He's right. My God. Right. Okay. Uh, the, well, ha, well ha, all right. If that was a giant dragon, what was it walking on then? If Morocco wasn't there, I, I don't have the answer to a lot of things, my friend. No. Well, I have a lot of things to show. But you, you go down. I tell you, I went down and I could find where he squirted that. You, you go into that black stuff, yep. and it is the nastiest stuff. Go, go way, way down. That is identical to the worst and nastiest snake, snake toxins that exist on the face of the planet. What happened, Roger, when you spoke to the National Heritage or national, whoever it is? English Heritage. English Heritage, sorry, that, that looks after Stonehenge and you said, guys, I know you've been talking about this for years, but I know what Stonehenge is. They are dragon, uh, sorry, they are giant bones. What did English Heritage say to you, Roger? I, I can't recall the exact words, but I thought it was something like, please don't contact us again. <laughs> Them and Texas. Do you think it's because they are closed-minded, or do you think it's because well, I, they I, know? I, well, I... No, I don't know. i I, I got to be honest with you. It's Catherine, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm still Roger. Good. <laughs> anyway, they're, they're, um, I don't know what people are. I have no idea what people's minds are anymore. I really have no clue. The people are so freaking deluded. You can show them something. I, I get geologists all day long. Not one of them recognizes that's a dragon. Not a single one. Oh, no, no, you're just, you're just a guy that's crazy. No, I'm not. That's a dragon. It's attacking a fish. And not only that, if you go to below the fish... It's Atlantis. <laughs> oh, jeez. But here's the thing. But don't sometimes, yes, Roger. It is. Well, 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 hold on. It is. You go below the fish, and you see all that stuff running out into the Atlantic Ocean. Yes. The huge, like, mud ran through there. Yeah. Plato's, Plato said 9,100 years prior to his, him, Atlantis collapsed. Yeah. And it... And so much, and the Sahara Ocean drained. And you can see it drained. It's obvious. Yeah. Now, it ran into the Atlantic Ocean. They say something collapsed offshore. That's not, obviously not right. And there's all kinds of ocean uh, whale bones and everything in the middle of the Sahara that they 
I don't know how they explain all this stuff with the theories they have. But anyway. But Roger, don't sometimes, don't these, these things just happen? You know, I'm thinking there's that, that face on Mars that we've all seen, but actually it, it's just the way the picture was taken. And if you take the picture from 10 degrees from a different angle, you just see some rocks and some bumps. And isn't that part of our sort of, so, uh, our psychological makeup is that we look for faces in things. It's a survival technique. Yes, and it, absolutely people see all kinds of things. And that has been an issue, a problem with my research, because I only do stuff that I am 100% certain of. And I know the yeah. markers, I know the anatomy, I know the chemistry, I know where these different materials, they call it flocculation. Well, not flocculating anywhere. They're, they, they, that was Carefully a say that. issue or fascia or something. I understand the layering and the and exactly how everything works in this mud fossil stuff. I've been doing this a long time. So what's what's next, Roger? You're banging your but and by the way, you got an open invitation to come on this show anytime you want, brother. You got Catherine's contact details, you get new research, that book comes out, whatever, you get in touch with Catherine, you're coming on, I promise you, that's my guarantee. What what do you do next then? If you're banging your head against a, a, a stone wall and the people in power aren't listening or are choosing not, you know, to suppress your information, where do you go next? Well, I just keep shouting in the woods. I, see, here's the deal. I don't care about, I, I, it's, for me, this has nothing to do with money whatsoever or, or, or anything else or, um, you know, uh, like a Nobel Prize or any of that nonsense. That's all just, for me, I'm old. I just want to make it to heaven, brother. I want to find out what reality is. And we are so far from reality, so far from reality, that people think, oh, I'm good, everything's good, I'm just a nice guy, I'm having a good time living, and everything's good because I believe this or I believe that. Well, they don't even know the starting point of their the whole universe. Right now, yeah. I point, I have no reason whatsoever to think that there's nothing ever that has not been alive. Because Mars and Earth itself, Earth is alive. 100%, I have proof of that. Mars was alive, is dead now, I almost am certain. But the absolute proof of Mars was alive, I, there's no question. That you ever see the stuff that says the Mars, um, what was it called? Um, the Mars Morse code? Yes. Okay. That is what happens right underneath the skin. As the skin erodes, you end up with that pattern under the skin, which is what's called intersection. Yeah. And that is those balls and all those little straps. And you can push your, pull your skin this way and pull your skin that way and all that stuff. And, and, and the truth is, it is, not, it is unbelievable, but it's true. If you look it up and say, a new organ just discovered, intersitium. They just discovered this about a year or so ago. I've been reporting on it for like five years. <laughs> Jeez. They didn't even know it existed under your skin. Is it true, Catherine? Are you Googling it? I'm not. Okay, but we believe it to be true. I believe it sounds legit to me. Roger, listen, I've got to move on. I'm so late for the ads, but I, I've really loved talking to you, man. And um, I'd love to get you back on again to, to hear more of your ideas and more of your evidence. Yeah, sure. I got a lot of other things going on too. We do. I, I do all everything. I do uh, light research. We accelerated light. Sorry. 
you know, we accelerated light. And Einstein said that's impossible. Einstein was wrong about everything. You know, hang on, you're not telling me that we've time traveled, are you? No, 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 no. Here's the the whole story of the reason we know where we are in the universe. Yeah. Is because the speed of light is consistent, right? It goes 186,000 miles a second. Everybody yes. knows that. It's, it's yes. No question about that. That's the only speed it goes. Never going to slow down or speed up. Well, we yeah. know it slows down, obviously. In water, it slows down. There's not even a question about that. However, working with another guy in Australia, Rodney Warren, he came up with what's called a Venturi accelerator. And all it is is he sends laser into a extreme restriction. Yeah. And that laser, just exactly what happens in the nozzle of a hose, has to accelerate. And it does. Okay. And accelerates into Higgs bosons. Okay. I have all that evidence. Too. Roger, on I, I've got to go. We will speak again. Uh, that is Roger Spare. If you want to go and check out the DNA results, you go to Mud Fossils. Dot com, mudfossils.com. Roger, really nice to talk to you. Catherine, if you want to go and thank our guest, that would be delightful. Of course. Uh, 0344-499-1000. This dear listener is Talk Radio. Experience the unconventional. Hello. The unpredictable. Don't you think that's a bit weird? And the completely unorthodox. It was my birthday. With rule-free Ian Lee. Uh, I was just trying to generate a bit of content. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Hate alarm clock. Hate going to work. On Talk Radio. Both three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I've got a number of someone I need to call in America who apparently tried to call yesterday but couldn't um, couldn't get the phones to work. So oh, oh, one, isn't it? That's for America, I think. Uh, uh. Oh, by the way, I'm on Good Morning Britain tomorrow morning. I'm doing the showbiz news. If you guys want to watch a man who will have only had literally two hours sleep, that's 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 always a fun thing to do. Uh, that's always a fun thing to do. Well, wow, water. Hello. Hello, Sheila. It's Ian Lee. You're on Talk Radio. Hi. How you doing, Ian? I- I'm all right, although I've just found out I'm out of water, and that makes me sad. Um, how are you doing? I'm good. I just got home from work, just chilling. Take your number off Twitter now, because you're going to get all kinds of loonies. Uh... Oh, I will. Okay. Get rid of that. Well, you say work. What do you do for a living? Oh, I, I'm just kind of working a little bit doing Uber. I'm disabled, so I do Uber like three days a week. I, now, how is where whereabouts are you in the states? It just says North America on my screen. Oh, um, it's Southern California. It's near Palm Springs. Oh man, that is beautiful there. Oh, it's so it's okay. What do you mean? It's, it's like, right, he, uh, right here's now. the thing. You probably think that London is very glamorous, right? And we think that uh, Southern California near Palm Springs is very uh, glamorous. But of course, when you live in these places. Or work in these places, there's nothing glamorous about them at all. It's just what it is. Because you see it every day. Huh? You, you see it every day. This is, you know, when I lived in London, um, you know, people say, "Have you been up the London Eye? Have you been?" No. Have you been to Buckingham Palace? No, because I lived there. You know, and, and I, I see all these these things. How are you finding Ubering? I like it. No, I I make a couple hundred bucks a week. It's just like I said, I'm disabled. My husband makes all the money. I just you know make money to buy my granddaughter toys. Oh, there you go. How old's your granddaughter? She's five. Man, that's that's kind of when they start getting crazy. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Because <laughs> they are now now they can talk. Now they can have conversations. Now they can tell grandma what what they want. 
Um, but uh, my boys are seven and nine, and man alive, is the, is the, the, the nine-year-old is he's not a baby anymore, and he's kind of like a, a young man. He has glimpses uh-huh. of being a, being a kid, but he's kind of a young man, and so I'm I'm hoping the seven-year-old stays seven for as long as possible. Oh, that's the baby. Yeah, yeah. No, five is fine. She can fix Grandma's phone when when my phone's messed up. No, she really. Before, yeah. So she she can do all of that. Well, go on. Yeah, I don't know who showed her. She just figured it out. They have kids now have a natural thing where before they've ever been handed it, you hand them a phone or a tablet, they'll start doing the thing to swipe and stretch the screen. They do all of that without knowing. Uh huh. <laughs> Through the womb, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I don't know. I don't know how the, it is. Some it's a weird thing. I mean, my skill when I was a kid in the seventies and the eighties was I was the only one in my house at the age of seven that could set the timer on the VCR. Um, nobody else could do it, but now the, I, you know, and I've, I've become, I always thought I was kind of hip with technology, and I'm now that guy that says, I, boys, I can't do this. Can you fix this for me? And they'll go off <laughs> and they'll fix it. They enjoy that, though. It's good. They do good. enjoy it, and it just makes us feel older. Hey, listen, thanks so much for getting in touch. I just want to say, Sheila, I love you. Oh, I love you too. I listen to you every day, you and Cass. There you don't. You listen to Mike Graham. You don't listen to this rubbish. I know. I know what you listen to. You listen to our, you listen to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham in the morning. She knows what my name I, is. That's proof enough for me. Okay, okay. But listen, I, I get up at two a.m. California time so I can catch his show. But I listen. No, you don't. Oh, come on. You're better than that, Sheila. No, you get up at two a.m. to listen to Mike Graham. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, God, I've worked in an office with that man. Why would you... <laughs> you know you can listen again later on in the day on the website. Oh, on the on the podcast. No, you can go to talkradio.co.uk and you can listen again. You can listen when you wake up. To the whole thing. The whole three hours. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, no! <laughs> Sheila! <laughs> Oh, you absolute pudding! Yes, if you go, it's it's it's, a, it's not the most user-friendly system. If you go to talkradio.co.uk and you click on okay. past shows, you can listen to the whole show anytime. You can pause it. You can go out, come back. I'm right, am I? Yeah, Catherine? tweet me, Sheila, and I'll I'll send you a little step-by-step guide because it isn't obvious. You can't. We can't have you getting up okay. at two a.m. in the morning to listen to him. No, no. no. <laughs> I really like your show. <laughs> he's, he's good. I, I, I listen. I just, and here's what I wanted to say. I don't want to argue with you about Trump and racism and all of that. I don't want to argue with you. Here's the thing, right? I disagree with nearly everything that Mike Graham says, right? I disagree okay. with him. I disagree with him a lot. But I still listen to his radio show. And quite often, uh, if I need a little bit of advice or something, I will send him a little private message on Twitter. And he'll come back with, with you know, because he's been doing this a lot longer. That He'll come back with some reassuring words or a couple of suggestions. But what I'm trying to say is that me and Mike are friends and we disagree on almost everything. And, and what seems to have been lost, and that one minute, 20 second clip of me, it's a little bit of theatre, right? It's a little bit of theatre. But what seems to be lost in the age of of Twitter, I think, primarily, is that, and I know that that this has happened in your country with Trump, and it certainly happened over here with Brexit, is that if people have different viewpoints, what we might lazily say are on, you know, left uh, um, wing and right wing politics, or pro-Trump, anti-Trump, or pro-Brexit, anti-Brexit, there's now this kind of really nasty division, whereas before... 
you could sit and have dinner with someone who was from the left and someone who was from the right. You could you could go out for a drink. You could go and watch a movie with those people. But now there seems to be a real sense of, um, well, you think differently to me, so you're a piece of shit and I hate right. you and it's got to be aggressive and it's got to be mean. We're enemies, that's what it enemies, is. We're enemies and it's got to be personal and it's it's not. It's not like that at all. Listen, I think that Trump is a racist. You don't think that Trump is a racist. That's all right. We can still get on and we can still be friendly with each other. You know, I disagree with what you think. You disagree with what I think. But I'm not going to slag you off and get all personal and go, that, that Sheila's a dick. And, you know, she, blah, 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 blah. that, you know, what I, we can all still get on, can't we? Even though we disagree. Can, can you answer me something? No, this is what I don't understand. I quit watching American news and listening to American news programs yeah. because that's all it was. Yes. It's like, you know, bashing the guy and I'm like, I just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. And, um, why in, in, um, Europe or in England, why do they, why do they care about our politics? I don't understand. Cause he's the leader of the, I can tell you what, cause he's the, cause he's the leader of the free world. So it, 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 it could still be argued, we'll be a little bit late for the news, but that's cool. It could still be argued that America is the most, if not the most important country in the world, certainly in the top five of the most important country uh, countries in the world so so that is why you know th th your country could in theory i'm not saying this is what trump is doing but your country could get us into a war if that's what we they wanted to and also because in britain what happens in america when, when the phrase is when america sneezes britain catches a cold and so what happens oh. in america tends to kind of come over here in one form or another about six to 18 months later so oh, that, I didn't know that. So that, so that's why it's not a singling out America simply because it was the same with w when Obama was in or when George, you know, the, the Bushes were in. American news and, and American politics has always been a big story over here. Okay. And that's it. Okay. And that's it. And I, I love and I love you. And I bet you're. The, I bet you're the. Third best grandma in the world to your kids. My mum and my mother-in-law, of course, being the best. I, and I bet you, I bet you make an amazing. I bet you make. Can I ask you a question? What is pot roast? Oh, pot roast. It's uh, well. I had um, my first husband was from Belfast. He used to make every Sunday the the roast beef. Same thing, except we just do it in a pot uh, in the oven. And they don't baste it or anything. You put liquid in with it. Okay. So it's it's wetter. It's wetter. Ooh, wet beef. Wet beef curtains. But your beef over there is better because you get Yorkshire puddings. We get Yorkshire puddings. Man. I look at an American knowing about Yorkshire puddings. You know what it's about. <laughs> she's she's tasted heaven. Um, but so. Um, can we be friends? And if I was rude to you yeah. on air, I don't know if I was rude, I don't, I don't think I was, but if I was, I apologize, and... You weren't at all, you're fine. I love you guys. Wait, listen, and, and I, and this is the thing, we, people can completely, completely disagree, but they can get on and shake hands and, and enjoy a cup of tea together and stuff like that, and that's all I want, Sheila. Sounds good to me. And thank you for being the only person out of all of that lot that got in touch and said, I'll come on. I'll come and chat to you. No one else did. So I really, really appreciate it, Sheila. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for calling me. It's an absolute pleasure. And and, and please don't get up at 2 o'clock in the morning to listen to Mike Graham. She didn't know you could listen online. Poor thing. Thank you, Sheila. Really. There we go. 
That's how you do it. That's what it's all about. Sloop John B will come to you next. This, dear listener, is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. There's a voice that keeps on calling me Down the road, it's where I'll always be Every stop I make, I make a new friend Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone again Maybe tomorrow, I'll wanna settle down Until tomorrow, I'll just keep moving on Down this road, that never seems to end when you adventure lies just around the bend So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel light, that's old style Maybe tomorrow I'll want to settle down Until tomorrow the whole world is my home So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel light, that's old style to do Good Morning Britain. Think I've only got two hits tomorrow. Let me see how many hits. Quite often they bump you anyway. Here's the, here's the joy. They bump you. And, um, hang on. No, I'm free to roll. They, uh, they bump you. And, uh, then you still, you, you still get paid. Um, getting picked up at ten past five. You'll be in at about five fifteen. Okay. What's the point? Part of me is thinking, what's the point of going to bed? Will I feel two hours sleep? You feel worse? No, I would definitely go for, oh, okay. the, go for right. the sleep. So story one is Jessica Alba and Gabrielle Union, Woman Crush Wednesday. We caught up with, this is at 7.10 tomorrow. We caught up with LA's finest, Gabrielle Union. Could you Google her for me, please? Yes. And Jessica Alba, she's the singer. No, she's an actress, an actor. She's an actress. Um, Pierce's favourite actress stars alongside the um, AGT judge. America's Got Talent. Judge, as a detective duo, and they have a big crush on Meghan Markle. LA's finest is uh, Wednesday at 9pm. Okay, fine. Okay. Ah, it's the spin-off series of the Bad Boys films. Focuses on drug enforcement agent Sidney Burnett, played by Gabrielle, now working for the LAPD, alongside Nancy McKenna, played by Jessica Alba. Story one. Story two. Once Upon a Time in America, a thing. Story three, Love Island people coming back home. Okay. 
Okay, okay. And that's, that is as far as, that's as far as I can see, that's it. I might be doing that a couple of times. Um, uh, let me see what time, because I think I finished by, I think I finished, this is the, this is how I can do it, right, on two hours sleep. I think tomorrow I finish at ten past eight. Beautiful. Yeah. Here we go. So I'm on air at six o'clock at the start of the show. I'm on air for, on air for the presenter chat. That is the big time. That is the big time when you have a little spontaneous chat about the news stories. That is the big time. And here's the thing tomorrow, guys. No wells, no owls, no neck braces, brace eye, nothing. I'm wearing a suit. I'm wearing a, sh- a full suit, a shirt, which I'll have to iron when I get thing. I forgot to bring my spray starch. And a tie. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it straight. You play the game. Tomorrow I'm playing the game because tomorrow I'm seeing this as my audition to be back in the big time. Um, so let me do, let me do that again because I think I can um, actually. Uh, I'm seeing uh, tomorrow as my audition to be back in the big time. Baby, baby, baby. That's not bad. Let me try this though. Tomorrow. I'm seeing tomorrow is my chance to audition to be back in the big time. Oh. That's a bit mysterious. Can I have a go? Yeah, go on. You do realise that tomorrow could be your chance to be back in the big time. That's not bad. Try it again. Here's the thing, Ian. Tomorrow is your chance to be back in the big time. Yeah, that's all right. You do it better than me. Um, so that's so, that, so. So tomorrow, this is it. Six o'clock on air. On air. At, I think I'm only doing one hit. Ten past seven. Still getting. Here's the thing. These three shows. I don't want to. I don't want to brag. But I'm doing it Monday. I'm doing it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's the mortgage paid for the month. You know what I mean? That's ah, it's TV money. Radio, i got to do a few weeks' work to get the more TV, ah, that's the mortgage paid for the month. Three days. That's it. That's it. That's all I want. So I want to be back on TV so I can pay the mortgage every month. Not much to ask. Oh, three. And also, I loved it. I wonder who's... Can, I, do, can we see... Could you Google mm-hmm. who hosted Good Morning Britain this week? Because Piers is off, which means I don't have the dilemma of asking him why he blocks me on Twitter. Because I did think, uh, if he's there, I've got to say something. I'm guessing Ben Shepard and Kate Garraway, two of my favourite people. Ben Shepard recommended the Ninja Restaurant in New York. And Kate Garraway is funny. Two of my favourite, favourite people. My favourite peeps. My peeps, my bros, my bras. So we say bras when we mean bros. We're not mm. saying braziers. I can't. Can you just Google it? I can't. Can you just Google it? Who is... Uh, Presenting GMB this week. Yes. Can someone... Uh, Can uh, can someone tell me... I'll just look on Twitter. (laughs) Okay. We'll wait. We'll wait. It's like when we had to wait 20 minutes for for that guest in uh, America earlier this evening. Yeah, while I paid for someone's cab that you'd invited in. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. I would have have tested the phone number. Hmm? Would you? Yeah, I would have. Okay, well. I would have, I would have rang it and then hung up. I would have rung up. Well, I thought I was going to... Yeah. Ben Shepherd and... and, and, and my, peeps. my peeps. <clears throat> my peeps. My peeps. My peeps. I'm coming back. Benji and Katie, 
I'm coming back, my peeps. I am back in the big time. I am back. Is he doing that on Facebook? I think he's getting blown off. <laughs> um, I um, look for Kate Garraway and the showbiz man I'm replacing, whose name I don't know because I never have to say it. Richard. Curtis. No. Nope. Arnold. Yes. Doing pottery. Oh, really? Yeah. It's what, like, um, out of ghost? Yeah, like out of ghost. Try and find that. It's funny. While you're finding that, I'm going to... It's very, very funny, actually. I'm going to go to Sloop John B. Good evening, Sloop. Uh, hello to Brother Ian and hello to Sister Catherine. Sorry to keep you... I see you've been on the line for ages. I appreciate it. it you, no, it's it's been, been a little bit all over the shop this evening, oh, but we're oh, all good. I would have been listening anyway, so Thank it's you. great. But since you're going to be staying up all night for your big GMTV in the morning... Yeah, GMB, I'm, mate! We don't call it GMTV anymore! It's GMB! Oh, sorry, What's yeah. wrong with you losers? GMB, sorry. Hang on, Kath found the clip of Kate Garraway and Richard Arnold... They're making a big knob! Making a big knob out of... Out and of then play. they make a right old mess of it. <laughs> yeah, retweet on that. Yeah, it's, a, it's, good, it's a good clip, that, isn't it? The clip's somewhere on um, on Twitter. I'll see if I can find <laughs> it. See, if someone can find that clip there. on Twitter and retweet it to me, I'd like to... I'd retweet. Go on, uh, so, yeah. go on, let's do this, buddy. Right. Now, listen, I'm really late to the party with this, but a podcast has turned me on to a film which I watch, which you love. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jim and Andy. I didn't like now, the film. You... I didn't like the film. Well, no, I, I know you're a Kaufman fan, right? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Right, right. Well, I was listening to a podcast with Jerry Lawler, and I know you're not into wrestling. Oh, no, I know, yeah, yeah Jerry, Jerry the Hardman Lawler, of course, the hitman. Jerry the oh, King, man. The King, Jerry that's the, the king. king, he's the king, yes. Right? But what was really interesting was he spoke quite openly about, like, um, Kaufman. I didn't know they were friends. Yeah, of course they were. In, re in real life, that was just a massive goof. Oh, come on! The... So you know how wrestling works! You know how showbiz works! Come no, on! No, the, letter the Letterman thing, I didn't... I had no idea. The Letterman thing is, that for those who don't know, the, the wrestler and uh, co uh, comedian and um, part of the, the Kaufman's thing was, was kind of winding people up. He ends up having a huge wrestling match and, and breaks his neck and, uh, and is wearing a neck brace. There's a great clip of the two of Which them... Which wasn't real. Well done. There's a great clip of the two of them <laughs> on uh, on David Letterman, and if you watch it, you would think it was real. Lawler just gets up and just slaps Kaufman, and he falls on yeah. he falls out of his chair, and Kaufman storms off, then comes back and throws coffee on him and says and swears. swears. And Letterman didn't know it was going to happen, and so Letterman is genuinely well. I, I think you can say uh, some of those words on TV, but what you can do is throw coffee on again, and it is so well played out by the by the three of them. Well, the, the thing was, did you know that, that um, Kaufman had given uh, Lawler a signal that he was going to throw the coffee and stuff? I mean, the, the thing is, what I was going to say to anyone that really enjoyed that Jim and Andy thing, on YouTube, there is actually, it's taken from a podcast, but like Lawler goes into detail about both Carey and Kaufman. Yeah. But the thing that really blew my mind after watching that film, Jim and Andy, yeah. um, did you know that, did you know that um, Lawler was sacked from the film? And was asked to come back. Because uh, he didn't get on with um, with uh, Jim Carrey. Carey. Yeah. Yeah. And he says that Milos, the director, called him up. He'd been away for weeks and went, you know, Jerry, I'm sorry, please come home. We well, he was, because he said, he said, why is Jim Carrey being in character all the time? Kaufman wouldn't do that. He would, he would go in yeah. a room and he'd break, he'd start laughing and go, did you, can you believe what happened? And he'd come out of character and he said that Carrey was just being a dick, which is what I thought of him you, after yeah. watching that film. I think, um, because he was, Kerry knew they were friends, but what Kerry did, which changed my mind about the sort of end of the film, was recently, um, Lawler received a box and, at his home address, and when he opened it, there was a letter 
from Jim Carrey. And it was basically vintage vinyl albums recorded by wrestlers through the 1950s and 60s. Okay. And he wrote him this beautiful letter and basically said, in other words, I'm sorry for everything that happened. It was an absolute honor to have like worked with you and, and whatnot. And I thought it's sad that that wasn't captured in that film. I know it was a documentary, but it kind of, you know, when you, you hear something after the fact and you kind of go, ah, okay, I see that in a different way. You know. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, by the way, I was, I've been cleaning out, I've been alphabetizing my CDs and I found a big stash of bootleg DVDs, including, uh, I don't know, f- between four and eight Andy Kaufman DVDs full of pretty but, much everything he ever did. Oh well, my this, God. This, I've got something juicy for you here. Oh, yeah. On that same piece, yeah. um, Kaufman recorded a load more uh, promos at Lawless House. Yeah, I know. I've, got, um, I've seen the film. I'm, I'm from Hollywood. There's a DVD called I'm from Hollywood, and it's all. The, have you seen them? Uh, yes, mate. The oh, things where he's the things the things where he's going. I'm gonna come to Memphis. I'm Memphis, Tennessee. I'm gonna come down to Memphis and kick your ass. This, this is toilet roll and stuff like that. Yeah. I actually emailed Lawler on his website and I asked him because he said there's stuff that's never seen the light of day. Oh. And just just just, just randomly, I just thought, I, you know, what, I'm gonna hit him on his website and say, look, is that ever gonna see the light of day or whatnot? Because apparently people were, were calling up and they were saying that they were gonna burn the television station down. Yeah. And it's just brilliant, like Kaufman got wrestling. Slope, it was just Slope, I'm going to end this, I'm going to end you here. Did we, we didn't do the quarter pass break, did we? No. I'm going to end you here. Your yeah. mission is to get Jerry Law. Is Jerry Lawless, he died. Is he still alive? Did he died. No, he's still alive. Right. Right. I have to say one thing. He has got the wickedest. He's an artist right. now. On his website, he's got a cool t-shirt of Kaufman. People need no, to get this. Be it's quiet, brilliant. be quiet, be quiet. Okay. Because okay. I am now handing you a very important job. Do this. Get, get American wrestler Jerry Lawler on my radio show. I'll do it. That's, that's what I like. That is the attitude I like. He won't get the number wrong. This is Talk Radio. Take a trip into the alternate reality of late night radio. I think I'm in something like the Matrix, and so are you. The Late Night Alternative. Hello, hello. With Ian Lee. Is there anybody out there? On Talk Radio. Hello. Just squeeze the spot on my arm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Catherine wouldn't do it. I did. We, uh, you can email me and Catherine now, ian at ianlee.com, I-A-I-N at ianlee.com. Uh, they, they go to both of our phones, so please don't think for a second you're communicating directly with me. You, or you, me. Or, or Catherine. They're coming to, we both get them, they come to our phone, so, you know, uh, ian at ianlee.com. Mainly if you've got work for us. But, Phil has emailed, Ian, I'm messaging as I listen via the podcast, as I'm usually in bed by the time you're on. But you were talking recently about documentaries you remember, and it sparked a memory of a documentary I saw years back, and I needed to write this before I forgot it again. Oh. I'm always doing that. I'm always having great ideas and th- things that I want to remember or watch or buy, and then I forget. Got to run down there. Now, I think it was... So if anyone... He doesn't say what this thing is called, so if anyone knows what this is called, this is why I'm doing this, Okay. Get in touch, 0344-499-1000. Now, I think it was very early 2000s, and it was about a family of three, a couple with a daughter. The father of the three was the main focus, I remember. He had bought land on a tropical island somewhere, and he planned to turn it into a holiday resort. Does this ring any bells with you? No. I don't know this one. We then go with this guy as his... As he ventures to get this off the ground, his ventures to get this off the ground either fall apart, fail, or hit a brick wall, and he slowly breaks completely down over the course of it. The staff he hires are terrible. 
he loses pretty much all his money, and at one point we even find out his wife is sleeping with one of the builders. It wasn't an easy watch, but certainly fascinating in just how raw it was. This sounds right up my strasser. That's not... I don't, I don't remember the builder part in this, but it's making me think of the Queen of Versailles, but that was 2012. Uh, uh, you know Bilderberg? Yeah. Are they the same people behind Builder Bear? No. Okay. Certain? I'm pretty, pretty, pretty certain. Bit of a coincidence, don't you think? It wasn't an easy watch, but certainly fascinating in just how raw it was. I can't remember what it was called and can't find anything online similar. But without spoiling it, the ending is heartbreaking. Can we put it to the listeners? Or by any chance did you see this? P.S. I'll tell you the ending if you want me to. Right, so I'm guessing the dad dies at the end. That's what I imagine from that. Does anyone know what that is? Because big fans of Paddington Green, I never got the rest of the series off of, um... The scooter lady, who I was talking, was Facebooking her, we became Facebook friends, and I was going to go around to her shop and get it, she sent me a, a flash drive with it on, but it didn't work. Yeah. And then I was going to go to her, go around to her shop and get it, what's her name, Cla Claudia, Claudia. Into the name. A, let me have a look on Facebook, because she's a, uh, Claudia Agias, Agias. Agias, yeah. Agias. Um, in fact... Come on my radio show. There we go. Just posted a thing on another thing. She's really very, very lovely and very helpful and um, absolutely batty. And um, so was, that was Paddington Green. But I don't know. I have no idea what this was. I, and I love, I, I would buy a box set of all of those. The one that I really liked that I can't remember and no one seems to know what it was. Filmed in West Hampstead and it was about several estate agents and again that was early 2000s late 90s maybe um and it was like estate agents being dicks basically uh, like y loads of young kids being, being estate flashy. agents and and i i used to go to west hampstead for whatever reason and i would see this estate agents and a friend of mine said that's where they filmed that was the main one big glass window and i can't find it can't find anything about it and um I, I would love to watch it again i used to love all those there was the good one as well about the couple that ran a double glazing firm and it would often go into like a fantasy sequence where they'd suddenly be ballroom dancers and stuff. I used to love all of that. Then of course you've got the lovely Sam Sparks. He used to work for Luton Police and was made famous by, uh, what was it? Was it called Road Cops or something? What's that? Who's Sam Sparks? She's a... Oh yeah, I know Sam Sparks. Of course yes. you do. Alright. Don't say it like that. I'm a fan of the British Police Service. Yeah. yeah. Sam is a, is a lady police. She's lady. a police officer. Police lady. Mm -hmm. Um, my favourite one of those was Series 1, so much so that my wife got them to send me a birthday card. Um, was the two, it was, it was two couples, two gay guys, all in their sort of 50s, 60s, and, and a, a man and a woman, who wanted to buy a plot of land in Greece and build their holiday apartment, but it had to have a huge window. That was the thing. It had to have a huge window. And then eventually the, the straight couple pulled out of it, and it's just these two guys, gay guys... I used to love that. The first series of that was absolutely brilliant. The second series I, I bailed out of because it was, it was obviously, it was all set up and like they had a lodger 
and there were just like lots of shots of the main guy looking at the, I think they're called Brian and Roger, I think, looking at the lodger and it was just, it was just so set up and I was out. But the first series of that was absolutely joyous. Then of course you've got Cruise made made uh, Jane McDonald's yeah, career. Yeah, yeah. What was the one that made... Um, and then Airport, Jeremy Spate. Jeremy Spate, who married a Brazilian model. Gosh. Yeah. I interviewed Spate once. He was on Rise. What a nice guy. My friend Brett was uh, briefly on that as well, because he used to be uh, yeah. he used to work for EasyJet. I thought those ones were a little bit too pop. Well... For me. A yeah. little bit pop. I yeah, preferred yeah, yeah. to slightly... What was on about the big shop? The big shop? The big I've shop. got all of that on... Um, no. I've got all That's of that. That's the only reason I've seen it. You lent it to me. Did I lend it to mm -hmm. you? Uh, yeah. The big shop is great. Um, 0344-499-1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. You'd be very, very welcome. Catherine Boyle, I feel <laughs> that you've not yet earned your keep, young lady. You're, so You're an outrage, over sir. Over to you. I've been peddling away over it. It's just I look graceful. <laughs> Pedicure. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I've, I'm so sorry. Right. Yeah, I've been, I've been scrabbling around. Thank you. One thing, you, you <laughs> are like a very beautiful... Fun, one of the funniest people I know. You're <coughs> stunning. You're very, very talented. Graceful, you ain't. No. <laughs> Graceful, you're not. Mrs. Overall. Got two suits. <laughs> Pedicure trend sees women getting long, fake toenails. But not everyone's a fan, right? So right. if you want to um, shape up for the summer, girls, uh, you know, I sometimes worry that we're going to... You know, Pat Butcher is supposed to have been um, uh, representative of the sort of woman who still dresses like she did when she was happy, yeah. right? So that was why she ended up looking kind of 80s during oh, the 90s. Yeah, she was stuck in an arrested development. Basically, yeah. Okay. And there's a lot of people like that. And, and it's always a worry that when you find something that works for you, you, keep, you stick with it even though things move on, right? And so yeah. you might end up looking dated. Fear not. I'm about to help you out. This is what we all need to be doing. I don't know how we're going to put our shoes on, but this pedicure trend um, is taken to Instagram. Hashtag Long toenails will show you a number of photos of women's feet with bright and sparkly acrylic sets on all ten of their toes, but like finger sets. Oh, so like big, so big old things. Like, you look like a monster. It sure is a strange sight, but it seems some people are really loving the look. Look. <laughs> I don't understand it. My brain can't. Has she got six toes. Oh, it's two feet. That's two, two people together. Feet. That was what's confusing me. <laughs> so they're really, really long. So you imagine like a dragon's uh, feet. Do you know what? That works, actually. No, it doesn't. That That's is horrible. actually all right. That's horrible. But, but imagine someone sucking that off, and then you swallow the toenail. But imagine if they were real. Right, you know, like, sometimes you'll meet, for example, my um, Spanish friends, granddad and oh, dad, okay, yeah. I've got a, um, a long nail on one of their hands for picking the Spanish guitar, guitar, the guitar yeah? yeah? And it's just hideous. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. Well, you see, I used to have to cut my mum's toenails. Yeah. That's yeah. not, that's not, that's not, that's not a good thing. Oh, you know, in the Guinness Book of Records, there was an, there was an old Indian gentleman who had very, like, he had, um, fingernails like curly watsits. Right. No, yeah. curly, uh, like quavers. It's a similar look, right? By the way, Simon and, um, Ms. Critchley, uh, no, you're sending me, um, a, a, a comedy series called The Estate Agents. This was definitely a fly on documentary. Uh, and, uh, okay, we may have a name for that, um, for that other show. Go on, Brilliant. Sorry. So as well as coloured nails, some are even taking things to a whole other level with French tip toenails. You know what French tip is? You know when women have is got... That when you, is that when you um, come on a lady's... Um, what? Uh, no. Breast. Is no. that the French tip? No. I, d I don't no. know then, sorry. But the French tip is when you draw on a white line at the top so it looks like you've got really, really clean nails. So it's kind of close. Um... 
The photos have racked up hundreds of likes each, with some branding the pedicures pretty and beautiful. Unsurprisingly, though, not everyone's a fan of the trend, because they're not all perverts. Others commenting, ooh, on the foot snap, saying it looks gross. Another person wrote on Facebook, this is unsettling, this wouldn't even fit in my sneakers. Someone else replied, this is just wrong. A third added, I'm going to throw up, definitely no, no, no. There, there you go, there's your French tips. Okay, <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? It's horrible. It's a strange old thing. How can you put shoes on? Disgusting. Uh, right, so I'm being told by A1 Kilt Hire, who my favourite Kilt Hire place, that the TV show that the guy was emailing about was called No Going Back. It was an island in Nicaragua and was on Channel 4. But then when I go to YouTube and look for No Going Back, maybe there was a different series, because that one is um, set in Spain. Nicarag Is Nicaragua in Spain? No. No. <clears throat> Um, right, hang on a minute. No going back. Nicaragua. Hang on a second. No, because this could be um, tomorrow in the green room when I'm supposed to be watching, you know, bloody rubbish. No, no, there's no going back Crete, which shows Coxes moving to Crete. There's no going back Spain, but there's no, no, no... There's no, 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 no going back Nicaragua that I can find. Mm. So if anyone could help, that would be awesome, because I want to watch that. Let's go to Steve. Good evening, Steve. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Hello, Steve. Hello. Hello, Steve. Can you hear me? Stop messing around. Oh, well, I'm not messing around. I'm waiting for you to say something. Well, can't you hear me then? Pardon? Oh, stop it. Someone, now, A1 Kilthire is saying they removed the program as it was so upsetting. The guy killed himself then. That must be what that is. Blimey. Blimey. Well, if anyone knows... Oh, that sounds morbid, but I, I would... If anyone knows where I can get it from, I would like to see that. Let's go to Steve. Good evening, Steve. Hello. Hello, Good Steve. Evening. Good evening. Welcome to the show, Steve. You're very welcome. You're very welcome to the show. I doubt it. I doubt it. I doubt it. I was just wondering, uh, Ian. No, you're very... No, 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 don't, 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 don't. No, 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 no. come on, man. No, Honestly. No, hang stop on. Stop wearing short trousers hang and on. having arguments with your shoes. Right, hang on a minute. You're welcome to the show. Why would you dis... Why would you doubt... Why would you doubt that? Oh, come on, Lee. Those teeth of yours, they need bloody, uh, filing down. Sorry, what is this? What's a, you sound nice. What's a, what's a rude gentleman? But even though Steve, I'm I'm the bigger man. Yes, even though you've insulted me yeah, twice. Yeah, you're six foot four. Yeah, yeah. but you're boring. Uh, why okay. can't we have Wild Al Kelly on? Because, th mate, he's not. No one even knows who he is. He's not had a radio show for twenty years. You absolute pudding. But you know he's much better than you. He's one of the best. I found. I used to phone him up next to you. Honestly. Okie dokie. Thank you very much, Steve. You can you can aim it at me, but you can't. You don't aim it at anyone else. Anyway, oh, I would we, love to hear what he had to say. No, no, I've got his number. We'll give him. A, we'll give him a little call tomorrow. We'll give him. A, we'll give Steve a little call tomorrow. Um, that, that, some of that was in, was I guess was insulting. Don't wear shorts. Well, what? It was insulting if you're twelve. I, terrible, 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 terrible. It's very, very peculiar. Um, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what we'll do. Is we'll leave Steve on the line. Right? Steve's there. You still there, Steve? Yes, there we go. We'll leave Steve on the line, and if he can wait 20 minutes, right, on the line without hanging up, without disappearing, 
we'll let him speak at, at the end of the show. We'll let him, we won't interrupt him. We'll let him do whatever it is he wants to do at the end of the mm-hmm. show. You're okay with it? Yeah. He can be rude as long as he doesn't swear. Cool, we will let him do that. You up for that, Steve? Thank you. you up for that? Yeah, well, I, Lee, okay. It, it, I think Steve is up for that. I think Steve is up for that. But we'll, we'll just, Steve, you up for that, buddy? Yes. Good lad. Okay, he said yes. So we'll, we'll, we'll come to Steve just before the end of the show. We'll give him a good crack of the whip. We'll let him say what he wants. But, but, mm-hmm. he has to earn that. Let's hear an advert for one of our colleagues. This is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Unfiltered Night Talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. Steve raises a interesting point is generous. You, you still there, Steve? Yes. We'll come back to you. I promise you, before the end of the show, I promise you, you're going to get a fair old crack of the whip. I tell you what, I'll take this one straight to air. Let's go to, hello, line two, you're on the wireless. Uh... Okay, thank you. Um, it, Steve raises a... Well, he said a thing, yeah. I don't want to say interesting, because that would, 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 be, would be unfair. What, you, you don't remember Wild Al Kelly, do you? He was no. on talk radio. I remember phoning him, pretending I was playing the drums. I had cushions all over the floor. I would have been 21, so that's, jeez, that's 25 years ago. That's a quarter of a century ago. Um, it was all right. It was all, I was, I always felt uncomfortable with the name Wild Al Kelly. Why was he wild? Was he shouty or? Uh, uh, I don't, I just think he was a little bit crazy. Uh-huh. He was around about the same time as sort of Nick Abbott was doing his, his thing. And he was on talk, I guess it was talk radio then. Um. Was he American? No, no, no. But I wonder where he he went because he was certainly. I, I honestly, I, I don't remember. I would listen to him a bit. I remember enjoying it. I don't remember if he was any good or not. But I, I he must have been because I listened, and I enjoyed it. So um, I wonder where he's. I wonder where he's gone. If anyone knows. It says on here. Amazing how many people remembered Wild Al, considering he was only on the original talk radio for three weeks. No. No, I don't believe that. No, I, I, I don't believe that. Do not believe that. Uh, what does it say here? Oh, 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 Kath. Yeah. You know, some people, like, they really know what they're going to go and do, like, all their lives. Oh, I didn't, really. Um, you've got to remember that... Despite our reputation, what people think, it's a difficult job. You've got to know your audience, really, haven't you? Pretty wide and varied bunch, actually. I mean, to be fair, even the chap in the Clapham office went to state school. They're a lovely bunch to manage. It's a good team. It's a sizable team. They're disciplined, they're motivated, but of course, there's... I have to egg them on a fair amount, you know, because... No, that's not it. That's a fake. Yeah, I was thinking that sounded constructed. It's not, no, I was, I got excited and thank you, um, I'm keep calling you Ms. Critchley, I know it's not the name. Uh, no, it was definitely, it wasn't under offer. It was definitely a documentary, a fly on the wall. It was a fly on the wall documentary, wasn't it, Steve? There we go. Um, it was, you gotta be quick, buddy. Uh, it was a fly on the wall documentary. It was not uh, a sitcom. It was not a sitcom. Caesar the Geezer, Nigel has been on this, this show. We've had him on as a guest. Yeah. We've had him on as a guest. We look back at our, our history and we, uh, uh, we acknowledge it 
and um, you know we've, we've we've had a lot of those people on. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the tool for them. You got anything? Get that in boil. Yeah, of course in. I have. Oh, by the way, In Excess have toured with four different singers since Michael Hutchins. One of them was Terence Trent Darby. Now that I'd see. Yeah, I thought he was great. I, I, that I would see, because they did a TV show where they auditioned for a new Mick Hucknall, and that was lousy, but, but fun to watch. Then we turned to Tommy. And then I was talking, when I had my masseur, uh, Aidan come round, he's a big fan of Rod Stewart and the faces, right? And I, he's massaged, he's pounding away, uh, on my backside. And, uh, quite often I have to go to my happy place. Um, and I said, didn't, didn't the faces, Ronnie Wood, Kenny Jones, Ian McLaggen, Ross Stewart. I said, didn't the faces tour once with Mick Hucknall? And he went, no, 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 I don't think so. I said, I'm, I am sure I remember the faces touring with Mick Hucknall. He went, nah, I don't, I don't think they did. Anyway, um, I found some footage of, of Mick Hucknall touring with the faces. It happened, and do you know what? It enough good, right? I don't like Mick Hucknall, but listen, let me, can I just play you a little bit of the faces yeah. with Mick Hucknall? This is from 2010, I think. Um, so it's Ronnie Wood on guitar. Quite a long intro, but it, I think it's worth it for the build-up to Huck, Hucknall's there. He's ten years younger than all of them, right? And he's doing the the rock. He's, he's doing it. Recording, but he's good, isn't he? I'd sit through that. Yeah. I'd sit through that. It, I thought it was. I thought it was brilliant. I was expecting it. I remember joking about it at the time. But because he's like ten, maybe even fifteen years younger than the rest of them, he's like prowling around the stage like he owns it. Listen, he was, he was very popular in his time. Yeah. I was, I thought I'm going to say popular, I mean like sexually popular. Remember, he was like really successful. That was good, wasn't it, Steve? Okay, you've got to be quicker than that, buddy. Let's take a quick break. Then we got uh, Nigel, we got Danny, and then we got we got Story. we got loads to do. This is Talk Radio. Neon lit night talk for torch singers, trolley dollies, and train wrecks like me. Mm. Never know just where the conversation will take you. What I'm going to say sounds ridiculous. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Coming up before the end of the show, uh, 15 minutes time before Paul Ross takes over, we've got um, Steve who's going to 
He's phoned up. He's tried to have a little pop at me and Catherine. Um, it was charming. Uh, and I said, look, tell you what, I don't I want people come on my show and have a go at me. I, 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 if you want to, that's fine, actually. I don't mind. But I don't want people coming on and having a go at my mate. But, 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 but. I if, don't mind. Are you sure? Okay, fine. It's very noble of you. But if people, if he can wait on the line for 25 minutes till the end of the show, I'll let him have a nice full rant when he can, he can do it. As long as he doesn't swear, he can do whatever he wants. And you're all right with that, aren't you, Steve? Yes. Okay, good lad, thank you. In the meantime, we've got our good friend Danny on the line. Good evening, Danny. Oh, you too. Won't ask how you are, because you're busy. Very busy. I'm <laughs> very, yeah. very busy. He's too busy. Uh, oh, yes, good. Uh, I remember Wild Al Kelly. He, uh, I, I was listening to him about the same time you were. He had a load of people convinced if you go out and have a look at the full moon, something was going to happen on it. Was that him, or was that Caesar? I'm sure that was wild. I thought yeah, Caesar told it was late did night. That. Didn't see. I mean, there was there was talk of Caesar faking a suicide attempt from a caller. Um, I thought that was a I thought that was a Caesar the geezer thing. Yeah, no, it could well have been. It was a long time ago. Oh, oh sorry, if I pulled your. I, I didn't mean to pull your pants down and spank you live on air. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to uh, <laughs> to do that. But um, yeah, the late night phone in. Where nonsense and lies and theatre can, you know, all kind of come together and, and heart and all of that, you know, I mean, not the radio station, I mean, is an actual heart. Um, I don't want to blow, blow our own trumpet. We're the only ones kind of doing it. There are a couple of other examples. I'm a big fan of Dotton on BBC London, where there is certainly a lot of heart there. He's a really, he gives a lot of heart, but he also gets the same eight callers every single uh, uh, night. Paul Ross's show is great, but that's not what it is. It's kind of a around the world in, in four hours kind of vibe. So there's no one... Countries. Say that again. 55 countries can't be wrong. I know, it's insane, isn't it? It's ridiculous. <laughs> Imagine. Here's the thing, though. Brilliant. If he'd have been doing that feature 20 years ago, they would have actually sent him to those, uh, countries. Because that's... The radio had money. Remember when radio stations had enough money to have their own helicopters? To do the flying like the eye stuff? In the sky, yeah. 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 Holding the, um, the traffic reports. Yeah, and that, and you know. Yeah, I used to work at a radio station where we had Captain Johnny in Thunderbird 1. God, shut up. Seriously. Captain Johnny. Seriously. Seriously. Dear God. Dear. Serving Greater Peterborough. <laughs> Serving Greater Peterborough. <laughs> <laughs> I, I shall go now so you can speak to Nigel. Danny, thank you very much indeed. That is appreciated. Um, it's, uh, unfortunately it's Nigel in Temple Fortune. Good evening, Nigel. That's a nice intro. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, people were expecting it to be Nigel from Maidstone. That's all I meant. Hello, <laughs> Tony. It's interesting talking about the, the history of talk radio. I'll be the judge of that. I remember, I remember when it was in Oxford Street all those years ago. I believe so. And yeah. there was, and there was another presenter who I can't remember his name. But he was from Brighton. He did a, the the weekend show. He was really really good. FFS and Publico. Do you, do you remember the guy I'm talking about? Hmm, I'd need, I'd need a little bit more information. Nighttime oh, guy. No, no, daytime is really, really... Oh, I never, I never really listened to the daytime. Oh. It's always been nighttime for me. That's where the vibe yeah, it, is. It, 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 it is interesting. Of course, uh, LBC, which is London's boring conversation... Well done. ...has gone re bust. really, really down, down the path. They've gone bust. They closed, I, I heard they closed down. Oh, it's just a doorway now with, with, with a, a notice 
Exactly. That place is gone. Until they, you know, until I... Here's the thing. It's all cyclical. I hope I end my days here on Talk Radio. That'll be the dream. Is me and Kath, we're here for another 20 years and then they get rid of us. But I'm a firm... All the places I've been sacked from... I'll probably end up back at at some point. It is it is business. Everyone just shifts to well, the side I, a little I, I, bit. I think the thing I like about talk radio is very independent in its thoughts and views, and I think that the the that the programs are very. I think are very pro- progressive. I don't know about that. I think it's uh, my my problem with talk radio is that it's it's quite it's quite right wing to the point where. Um, we'll do that thing tomorrow, Kath. To the point where if you hint at something vaguely left-wing, uh, th- th- I j- can kind of judge a radio station partly by its output and then partly looking at the Facebook page. And I know you shouldn't, it's not really fair, but the Talk Radio Facebook page is a cesspit, Nigel. It's a cesspit right. of, of Tom, you know, free Tommy supporters and, oh, it's right. absolutely an awful place to, 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 to go. So yeah, I Talk Radio is great. I love it. I, I would like a little bit more balance, you know, but I love it. And we're allowed to do whatever we want on this show, so we we got the time of our lives. That's why it's a fun show, you see. It's interesting, isn't it? Fun, fun times, Nigel. Thank you very much. Do you agree it's fun, Steve? No. Okay, thank you very much indeed. I like Steve. <laughs> I like having a little troll in, our, in a cage in the corner. We, yeah, he's going to get his... He's, gonna he's get so his, happy though, isn't he? He is. He's going to get his chance to shine a bit. Go on, we were coming to a story and then I interrupted you to talk about Mick mm. Hucknall singing with the faces. I don't know why. Uh, thousands <laughs> pay for alien abduction insurance policies that offer an £8 million payout. Oh, I've heard of this, yeah. Yeah, yeah sensible. The St. Lawrence Agency in Altamonte Springs, Florida has seen interest surge after a Facebook page urging people to storm Area 51 went viral. More than 6,000 people have taken out these policies, each worth the equivalent of £8 million in compensation. The bizarre deal provided by St. Lawrence Agency in Altamonte promises clients cover for supernatural sites such as Area 51. It offers coverage for a one-off fee of $24.95, which is just £20 in our yep. money. Yep. And then uh, they'll mail you a paper copy of the certificate in a frame. Digital copies cost $19.95. That's £16. But there is one small catch in the small print. They will only pay $1 per year over a 10 to 20 million year period. Yeah. Oh. I bought for my friend Andy, who ruined uh, the end of season four or five of Lost. I can't remember now. It was important at the time. Uh, 0344-499-1000, by the way. I bought him... Um, can you stop whistling, Paul Ross? For crap, we can hear you through there, you absolute prune. <laughs> He's saying that he, he thinks, he naively thinks, this £25 million studio is soundproofed. We can hear him breathing. We can hear every squeak out there. And he's just sat there Seriously, whistling. Whistle back, Paul. There you go. <laughs> it's terrible. It's such a terrible studio. Um, I bought him. You, what you did is you invested like forty dollars mm-hmm. right, in this company, and then what they would do is they would take your forty, it was fifty or a hundred or something. They would take your money, say fifty dollars. They take your fifty dollars, and they would invest it. Right, so all these people were sending in their fifty dollars, and they would invest it. Right, and you get a certificate right. saying my money's been invested in a time travel project. Oh, yeah, this is great. But surely that... you should know that. No, how? It's not happened yet. Can someone not come? Can Excuse, someone... Let me explain. Mm. Right, you invest the fifty dollars. Right, yeah. and their argument on their website was. Um, if someone can find the website in the last five minutes of the show, do tweet it to me. Cause it's, it's, if not, I'll try and find it tomorrow. Right. So their argument was, their point was, 
we take all these dollars and we invest it, right? And at some point in the future, all this money will be worth trillions of dollars. Right. Okay. So then when we've got the trillions of dollars, we'll invest in time travel research, right? And also at that point, it'll be so far in the future, they'll be able to make perfect clones of people. Right. So what they do, right, is they get, they invent time travel, they come back to at some point in your life, they say, come, come with us, we're going to take you to the future. You get in their time machine and they replace you with an the identical clone. clone, right? And uh, then you uh, then you travel to the future and you live a happy life and you probably live forever. Let me have a look. Time travel insurance bonds. Let's see if I can find it. Um, of course, I'm not going to find it. If any time travel um, investment bonds. Uh, it's not going to find. If, if anyone, <coughs> if anyone can find it for me in the dying moments of not just this show but my career, <laughs> uh, then please. Do. And I, I bought that for Andy, and I, I, I don't know. Here's the thing: you're not allowed. The clone is not allowed to say that they've been repl- that they're the replacement. Of course not. That's the whole no. point. So Andy may have gone. May have gone. Yeah. You just, you just don't. And if you ever ask him, he'll say, "Of course I haven't gone." Yeah. You just don't know, do you, Steve? No. Coming to you soon. Coming to you soon. It's like having a little <coughs> gimp. It's like having a little gimp in a cage. And, um, and I love it. I will do that story tomorrow. You know the story about the, the, the I use the phrase here. I don't quite know what it means. I haven't read the full story. The special needs kid that, that was bullied at school. And he got his te- the teacher got him to write. I'll just read the headline. We'll do it tomorrow because it's an incredible story. Teacher made bullied special needs pupil 11 write a list of reasons why his classmates disliked him, then turned it into a cartoon for the wall as part of the school's restorative justice policy. Um, a bullied schoolboy with special needs was, I'll, I'll read it now, was forced to write down why he thought his classmates didn't like him, only to have it pinned on the wall for a year. Uh. Caden Powell, 11, told his parents, Damien and Lindy, he was being picked on, so they told his teachers they were worried, but the couple were horrified when he came home with a cartoon drawing of himself with the caption, caption how can I get other children to like me? Around the picture were speech bubbles with suggestions he claims his fellow pupils had given him in a group discussion, including stop annoying us, stop shouting, and he needs to not shout at you. This came just four months after Cain suffered the loss of his grandmother after a stretch in intensive care. Uh, commenting on how upset he was, one of the suggestions said, be happy, not sad. Flipping heck. Cain has traits of autism as a result of a condition called oppositional defiant disorder. Um, the person who carried it out is a behaviour mentor, so, so should be very well trained on encouraging positive behaviour and not negatives. Um, uh, and the, the dad looks like, I've got to say this, who was the guy that got buried on EastEnders in the woods and escaped? And he had... Um, the the, uh, the red-headed one, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he looks exactly like him. Blimey. Who I met uh, on Good Morning Britain once. He looks exactly like him! That's insane! Look at him. He, he really, really does. Sorry, not, I'm not making light of the story at all. I wouldn't want to. Oh, <laughs> oh Steve. Steve dropped Cheeky an little F-bomb. monkey. Steve. Got your number, mate. I'm going to be passing that one on. Good evening, Paul Ross. Good evening, Steve. Do feel free to call me after one. 0344 499 You wanted to call you? Dropped an F-bomb. 
Did he? Oh, yeah. Make sure you call me, Steve. I'll tell you what I'll do. Tell you what he is. He's a right old grumplepus. I tell you what, Paul. I tell you, this is for you and for your producer, John. I'll leave him on the line for you. You can go to him whenever you want, all right? That'll be my so we need a quick expletive, he's happy to help. My <laughs> gift to you. What is on your show He was lovely tonight? your guest earlier on, the comedian fella, wasn't he? Oh, I thought, that was, was, was yeah. absolutely, was, was charming. Joy. Everyone's so young these days. But he, he was, uh, <laughs> everyone's so young. They're born in the 90s. They're all so young these days, but, um, He was nice. I liked him a lot. And I want to, I, I just, I just was, I was aware of him. And I just saw him pop up on Twitter a few times. I thought, oh, do you know what? I like, I like the sound of this yeah. guy. I'm going to get him in. So and you were both so right about doing those office read-throughs for shows you know are never going to happen. Oh, you must have done a ton of those. Oh, man. I tell it's, it, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's sold. It's just... Unless the format's there already. Yeah. I know, we'll just, we'll just kind of, we'll blue sky it, we'll workshop it. There was so many of those, I must have done half a dozen of those, 2001 to about 2005, and half of them never got made, and half of them I turned on a year later and Jimmy Carr was doing it. That I did one once for side. a, I went to some weird rehearsal room over Q-Way, and they paid, mo they paid good money for it. Alan Titchmarsh was there as a team captain. Oh, okay. And that guy Marcus Brigstock was the other team yeah, captain. Yeah. And it was a, a jokey gardening panel show for TV. Oh. And I'm thinking, I, uh, this is never gonna work. I mean, I've done some turkeys in my time, but that one had a lot of feathers. I did one. This was more than, this wasn't in an office. This was in like a small rehearsal room. I can't think where it was. It was me, and is it Amanda Bell? That she, who, um, yeah. Um, helped d Hewitt buy some naughty stuff. I'm oh, yes, yeah, stuff like yeah, Ding Dong Bell. Ding yes, Dong Bell. Yeah. It was me and her hosting it, and it was called, um, it was so awful, but it was 500 quid, and I needed it, um, to, to chav or chav not. Oh, wow. And so it was one team of like. See, once they get the title, they think they've got the format. Well, backwards. <laughs> Simon London was a good producer, he was a Gregor. And it was one team was, um, Jody Marsh. And, uh, the so lad. It's knobs and yobs, basically. Yeah, the lad from E17, the poor lad. Brian Harvey. Brian no. Harvey. Yeah. And then, but Tim Posh, and it was all. Oh, it was horrible. I may have bored you with my big one that I did before, which I would love to get a copy of. Yeah. Um, it was for West Country Television, which is now defunct. And they found they had lots of wildlife footage. Have I told you this before? No, no. And so basically, they got me down the there, got me down there, and they dressed me in a kind of smart casual safari suit. Being the early 90s, I had a very short khaki short wearing Dolly Dealer with a pith yeah. helmet on. Oh, yeah. And we had two teams. Each one had a professional naturalist on, and two members of the public. And we ran wildlife footage, and they had to make the, and I had questions about it, whatever. And as you scored, you moved up the tree of life. Yeah. Okay? But they'd obviously come up with a title, but you didn't evolve and win as a human being. The show was called From Amoebas to Zebras. So oh. you started as an amoeba, a single-cell protozoic form of life, but you ended as a stripy horse. And the trophy they gave you, Mocked Up, was a little zebra on a pin. <laughs> right, <laughs> we're out of time. Thank you. <laughs> Timetravelfund.com. Where's That's Steve? tomorrow's Where's show. Steve? 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 Steve is there. Don't you, he's yours, don't you worry. Uh, thank you very much for your help. Thank you, Catherine. We are back tonight at 10. I'll see you on GMB tomorrow. Ta-ta. We are Talk Radio.